Today's episode of Wasusim Radio and the season one finale of the Albums of the Decade Project is brought to you by the Albums of the Decade Project. Man, we did it. <laughs> With the release of this episode, season one is officially in the books. Much love to Rihanna, Takia, Kier, Iko, Mel, Blake, Tiana, Jeremy, Rachel, Maka, Perkina, and now Justin for being the guinea pigs for this inaugural 12 episode season. Um, if you've been listening to these via the Wasusim Radio podcast feed and you've enjoyed the first few, Please note that this will likely be the last Albums of the Decade episode that we'll be running on this specific feed. So please search for Albums of the Decade or What's Susan wherever you stream your podcast and subscribe to the Albums of the Decade feed there. All 12 episodes are, pre- are pre-populated, so it's not like you have to come back to the What's Susan radio feed to find those episodes. And um, when we return this summer with season two, um, the first episode of that season will just drop right in your inbox when, we, when we're ready to release it. So um, please subscribe, like, and review. Down to the Decade Project, wherever you stream your podcast, and keep your eyes attuned to the What's Some E magazine and social media pages for updates on season two coming this July. Um, on the Albums of the Decade season finale, the good brother Justin Smith, who actually tracked me down to be on here, shout out to Justin. Um, he hopped on Zoom with me late Tuesday evening to discuss the 12th project that we're going to talk about. You already know what it is, but I don't want to name it. We'll get into it uh, during our conversation, but it's a project near and dear to both of our hearts. So. That conversation is coming up next, but first, as always, my brother, Willie Mac. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm Detroit's own savior, Detroit's own plug, Detroit's own future, Detroit's own love. I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, and I never asked for my heart back. You can have it without all you taught me. I never would have lasted. I know I can move through some Hollywood. Episode 12 of the Albums of the Decade Project, the season finale of the Albums of the Decade Project. I am very excited to be here. Shout out to everybody who's participated so far. Shout out to the homie Jay Smith, who's on the phone, uh, on Zoom, video conferencing, because we are social distancing around these parts. Um, What's good, bro? Doing good, man. Just uh, home like everybody else. Stay home. Be safe. Stay home. Um, yeah. Uh, introduce yourself to the people. I just have you now as like an audio file. But if you, if there's anything else that you, Justin Smith, want the people to know about you, please share at this moment in time. Yeah. Okay. Um, Justin Smith. Most people around here call me Jay Smith. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of music. Huge fan of this podcast. Done a whole lot of catching up since. We've been here, you know, and in, <laughs> connected any way you can with your people and your friends and stuff. So I'm doing that and uh, Avid Chef working hey. on some other projects here. Hey, follow uh, the homie on Instagram, man. He be um, chefing at the random hours, but it works out. That's right. It works I actually out. just finished cooking right before doing this. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So real. get hip. Okay, so we are here. Uh, episode 12 to discuss an album that we kind of have discussed. We, we, he and I have discussed this album a lot offline. Um, oh. Very excited to talk about it. I actually owe, before we get started, I owe the homie Will Garner um, back home an apology. He and I recorded. So we tried to do all three Bob's albums at the same time. Didn't work out that well. He and So neither of us were organized. We both might have been a little inebriated. And so I feel like maybe like 75 minutes in, we both were like, yeah, this ain't hit like we needed to. So, um, I owe you a pie, bro, but um, yeah, Justin and I linked and decided we wanted to really do this specific album. So um, if you don't mind doing the honor, telling the folks what album we're going to be discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had to do this one. Um, 
I'm gonna give the honorable mentions first, cause oh yeah, bet, 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 bet. Do your honorable mentions, please. Without saying a couple of the ones that that I debated on, um, I was so happy to hear you did Good Kid, Mad City for the first album. Shout um, to the homie Ryan. Yeah, that was yeah, um, that was. I let it off. I mean, just a classic. So seeing episode one and everybody I've told about this podcast, asking them, they were like, "Good Kid, Mad City," and I was like, "That's the first episode." So yeah, um. High debate on 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J. Cole. If you want to come back uh, next season, I still need a guest for 2014. So, man, no, because this was I was debating between those two, uh, especially the live album. Um, specifically, yeah, man, the live album is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just seeing him do his concert, and that was the only concert I've been to where they were like, I'm gonna just do the whole album from start to finish. and. I think that has such a huge impact. So seeing the live one, that like stuck with me for the decade and beyond. Um, Rodeo by Travis Scott. I know we were talking a lot about anybody, a particular Travis Scott album. I think, I mean, he's been dropping classics after classics, but I'm with a decade, no. And then the sleeper one was Because the Internet by Childish Gambino. Uh, I listened to that one. Still to this day, um, it's good, easily, easy listening. Um, but ultimately, like the decision was, what was the album that I go to, like I first thought about when you first mentioned this podcast, which was Too High to Riot by Bob. I'm too high to riot. I'm too high to riot. I'm just too high to riot. Boss you in the city, baby, now I'm on the road. Pockets full of money, left them all on the floor. Probably should claim all the hoes that I fucked on my customs declaration. Check the faces all through my crew. Hey, shout out to the homie Bazzi. Um, yeah, so real quick, Wikipedia facts. Who had a riot? It's the second studio album by Sudanese American rapper Baz, released on March 4th, 2016 by Dreamville Records and Interscope. The album sold 8,065 copies this first week, debuting at number 49 on the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, it includes guest appearances by J. Cole, Kaz, and the Hicks, and the signing foundation of the album was produced by the in-house Dreamville team of Ryan Gilmore, O.G. Hands, and Dick C. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Cedric Brown, Cam O.B., Soundwave, Subdial, the Hicks, and K. Quick. Um, so, yeah, I I remember seeing... so. A group of us, shout out to the ODMV chat, which is sort of dead now. But a group, yeah, but no, a group of us went to. So Boz performed in um, Baltimore that summer, summer 2016. And I was always going. I found out tickets were, I remember I was sitting at my desk at work and I got the email about the show. And tickets were like $15. I was never not going. I was like 15 plus however much it cost to fill up my tank to get to Baltimore. That's fine. So. Right. No, like not even that, though. Underselling it. This was the Too High to Riot tour that also he had Ari Lennox on the road with it. He had Earth Gang open for them, had the Hicks and Cause. And Cause, yeah. All before like this, the Dreamville like team really blew up. I mean, but keep, but keeping it a bean, like I didn't go for nobody but buys. I didn't go for nobody. Really? That show. No, no, actually, I remember that because <laughs> I was telling you about Earth Gang. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know who Earth Gang was. Hampton I really wanted to shout out Kaz. to Hampton. Uh, but yeah, I remember telling all of y'all, I'm like, yo, I was dropping into the music chat, like, hey, check out this mixtape, though. These are the openers. They they got some heat. Y'all were like, all right. And I just dropped it again, like, the week before, whatever. And I mean, I mean, their their debut album, 
I feel like five years from now, if we're talking about album of the decade, I mean, it came in so late at the end of 2019, that like there, but that's an album I still like. That was great. So that out, I look back at that concert all the time and how amazing that was that like, you just had the lineup and then Boss coming out and doing the tour and getting the hits from London, their first time over here in America. That was... Yeah. Did, did you do, do you know his uh, his Hicks discovery story or like how he learned about the Hicks? Yes. Yes. That was um, I didn't know about it until until the uh, the concert, really, when he was talking about uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. that's how he discovered him. Um, he got some features just off of that. He was talking about the uh, about how he was like, yeah, I was listening to it, you know, listen to this band. I didn't want to go on no missions. I didn't want to run nobody over. Just <laughs> I was just cruising in the streets on 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 Grand Theft Auto, and then like he went overseas and was like, "Yo, I gotta like shot a DM at them." Right, like he found them. Like that's crazy. To me. Yeah. So that's uh, no, nah, it was a phenomenal little story, little tidbit behind that. Which I'm not gonna lie, um, seeing the Hicks. So the Hicks are this. I mean, this this European duo. Uh, I think of a, a man and a woman, but to see like this, to see this, this, these two white people, these two non-American white people in, in, in this black ass venue in Baltimore definitely was like yeah. this level of like cognitive dissonance that was blowing my mind at the time. I was like, oh, man. do they know where they are? Do they know I, I, the entire time I was like, do they know who they on tour with? Like, I, I wonder <laughs> they know, like, but I mean, they, they did great. Like I really came to appreciate the Hicks after that night. So. Oh yeah. No. Awesome. Like, yeah. I got got great thoughts on them down the road on this. But yeah. Uh yeah, well, I was thinking about that between that concert, which I didn't really even know, you know, y'all that much. I was going down there with uh, up there with my best friend mm-hmm. who lived in the area and I just remember coming through like I knew y'all were getting tickets and we've had this history of of boss concerts now because the uh Milky Way tour. Yeah. And you you got me the tickets to that. So I was thinking about that when prepping for this, that I was like, man, like it was it was only fitting for me to come over here and and sing praises about Boss there after all of these yeah. like random concerts. I'm, I'm always gonna go to Boss show if I can. The re- I, so I didn't go to that show specifically because um, I was in school at the time. I was trying to be a fake good student to study. But I will say that like I did, I reached out to Boss if you if you happen to hear this <laughs> this interview. I tried to reach out to his people. Um, ahead of time for an interview, maybe like I was I was willing to pay for the meet and greet just to have access for the interview, and they never hit me back. So at that point, I was like, I need to study anyway. Like I, I was willing to sacrifice it if I was gonna have access for like content, but at the time it was like I can't I can't go on a whim. So I just said fuck it, I can't. <laughs> yeah, nah, um, and and I could. I remember I was I was driving up, and you would hit me up on the road, and I remember at that time I had this janky phone charger. My phone was on like. <laughs> five percent you were like yo like you interested i'm just like yeah yo hold that ticket let me, yeah, <laughs> let me yeah, see yeah. i got back to dc from richmond literally went in changed and just went and it was a sunday night too and it was no regrets a struggle struggle monday but no, I no regrets. sick i missed it because um at the time i definitely felt like milky way was his best album but after revisiting well, too hot to riot um, I definitely have reconsidered my thoughts on Boz's discography. So, so I wrote about Too High to Riot. Not really. So I, I'm looking back on my write up for Too High to Riot. 
um, which really was just more like a bias retrospective up to that point. It was it was more like a bias, like infomercial, like, hey, this guy's really talented. Listen to him. But I didn't have much to say about Too How to Ride at the time. And so I've always felt like when people have said it's his best album, I kind of pushed back a little bit. And I felt like I, so I texted you this last week when we were talking about setting up yeah, yeah, for yeah. this was that. So um, I hold last winter in really high regard. I think it's his weakest of the three, but that's only because it's his debut album. And if you know Boz's backstory for those listening, like he didn't start rapping until 2011 ish, 2010, 2011. So he was a fairly new rapper. And in my head, like this guy putting out last winter, which is sonically incredible. I'm like, how does this guy who isn't even a musician have an ear this great? So until I had a riot dropped, it was way more like, it wasn't a rap album, bro. Like that, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this album is that like he's rapping, but it's not a rap album. That's why I love it. You um, know? be honest with you, that when I was looking at it, and of course, like the essential question of why is it the album of the decade, and um, of course, just through a lot of talk with some friends on this because I mean it's been crazy how much. Um, which like again, kudos to you for coming up with this podcast idea because I mean it has started. It's it's been a, so much conversation amongst my friends and of course like if they're really your homies turning into debate and turning into arguments and, <laughs> and everything else about it because you know i said well one of my my friends who like he's my boy but he loves to he loves to debate some stuff and i was like yeah i'm doing too high to riot by boss and he's like that's your favorite album of the decade he's like i was like yeah he's like of the decade and i was like yeah he's <laughs> just like why so Coming on, I mean, I had to think if I'm gonna have this, I have to defend it. And it was just sitting there and it's like the why, the thing which you said was your con is definitely my pro is that it's a rap album, but it is just like, it's like a jack of all trades album really that I can like, I keep it in rotation for all occasions because I talked about it with some other music heads and it's, it's amazing how much I listen to music but like it could be years down the line before I actually listen to the lyrics of a song. Like it's just a song like, yeah, I love this song. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it's even really going into. And that's what was so great about Too High to Riot is that like the melodies are amazing. The music is so amazing that even if you're just not listening to the lyrics, the content, you're just vibed out. When you're listening to the lyrics, He's just got like line after line, just, I mean, yeah, just, it's just so many, he, he's, he's a poet really when it comes to it, but he's, it, it seems like he would be able to fit in so well at like an open mic where you got a live band playing and him just doing some lyrics as far, even his Tiny Desk concert, you know, kind of mm -hmm. showed that, but I feel like that's the reason why that album was so great is just that like, you know, it's when you just want to hear good music, you listen to it, when you want to hear lyrics, I can listen to it when I want to, when I'm actually focusing on both as it's probably intended to be, then, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's what I always listen to. So, uh, yeah. And he's, he's like, he's got a whole bunch of real talk and he's, it's funny. I can't remember which podcast you did recently where they were saying use Lupe fiasco as like a reference as to how like being preachy, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, forget which album he got that way. But, uh, uh, I think it's Food and Liquor too, but that's Food and Liquor too. I, I, I feel like it, it started seeping in around Lasers time. I just yeah, I'm a Lasers apologist though, so we not here. We not here. no. I mean, hey, I was I was Lupe's number one fan freshman year of of college, going to this like following the tour. Went to a couple of shows, so 
yeah, it was crazy to see that. But then I was one, I never really knew why he strayed so far away in my mind. And like, that was one thing too. I'm listening to it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You can get lessons without being preachy. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's like your cool uncle or something telling you some stuff as opposed to your dad, like preaching to you. They're telling you the same thing. I but mean, there, there's a there's a there's a way to tell a story without Lupe used to like st- tell stories, bro, and he stopped telling stories just being like, "Hey, you're a terrible person. Be better." And it's like <laughs> you used to be not so heavy handed about it. I don't know. I'm not saying that like it's not a way to do it, but also, yeah, I, I no, no, no. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, so this this album, I mean, extremely relatable as far as everything that. I, that, that he's talked about in the content and the people that we already touched on the Hicks, but I mean, it was no wasted features on the album to me, you know, as far as hearing the Hicks cause J Cole, of course, you know, LMA, I got a, I got a LMA uh, deep dive that I low key found out that I shocked the fuck out of me, bro. Really? On yeah. this album? Yeah. She's singing background on clouds. Never get up. Wow. Yeah, I, I was my mind was blown, bro. <laughs> I didn't even peep that, which um huh, that's interesting. Cause I love that song. Uh like I love the the singing and I I saw her live. It was I was surprised. That's the thing is I don't really <laughs> not not say a, I don't like singer. LMA like that. You know, yeah, I haven't. She's not the strongest singer, but for her to be doing, you know, background vocals. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, my mind was blown. I've heard, I've heard good LMA reviews. You know, like I've, I'm on your side where it's kind of like I don't think she got the strongest voice, um, whatever. But I've heard people. I know people who are LMA fans, who I think would consider themselves LMA fans, who have gotten online and defended her singing ability and her. Basically, they blamed whatever her deficiencies have been heretofore on like forces higher than her. You know what I mean? It's like the industry, but it's not her fault. Yeah. Um- so. It's a bold take. Uh, <laughs> it's a bold take for some, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Trip for what it's worth. I said, like, like you said, like voice quality. I don't think she's the best live singer, but Trip is, is a jam. I like Trip a lot. Boot up got on my fucking. Boot up. I'm about to say we're gonna act like like boot up didn't happen that summer. That had like all the homies in all the clubs and folks making viral videos dancing to that song at, at Big Chief. Yeah, so, I remember that. Oh man, good times. That was a good song. I, I can't act like she, you know, didn't have a prominent place. But wow, okay. Yeah. So even then, even more features. I didn't even realize that, you know, you know, even on there. So now the album uh, was definitely when I, like I said, when I kept going back to it, it was just the album, the first album that came to mind. It's like, yeah, I still listen to it. I, you know, of course, been listening to it way more um, prior to this. Uh, interview and it's it's just never got old, you know. You hear different stuff every time, and yeah, you know, like clouds they never get old. But um, anyways, so here's what I wrote uh, in 2016: uh, Abbas Hamad is a 30 year old Sudanese rapper, born in Paris and raised in Queens. He's the best artist not named Jermaine Cole on Dreamville Records. He's also released one of the 10 best rap records of this decade. I was talking about last winter. Uh, 2014 was a slow read, bad year for hip-hop. Folks spent the first nine months of the year waiting for something to happen, but nothing happened. Migos and No Label 2 kept me entertained for the bulk of it, and other folks had moments, but Rap's heavyweights largely sat 2014 out. With Cole's 2014 Hills Drive coming at the year's end, and projects from Drake, Big Shine, and Kendrick Lamar following in rapid succession once the new year hit, Hamas Rap Monica Baz released last winter his first LP and the very first record released by Dreamville that April. I'd have been somewhat aware of Baz's existence before then, but more so as a byproduct of my Cole fandom 
than for anything Bob had done in particular. His second mixtape, Quarter Water Raised Me Volume 2, became, and I wrote in caps, a true thing rap fans must care about, a thing true rap fans must care about, but I balked. The song that got the mixtape all that attention, the J. Cole featured Lit, was very dope. Regardless, I mostly attributed that song's greatness to Jermaine. Um, the next time I heard Boss, last, week, last winter was a week old. He and Jermaine released a video for My Nigga Just Made Bell, a song so good that it's ridiculous. It's actually the fifth or, best, fifth or sixth best song on that album. Cole once again had the best verse on that song, sure, but Boss got busy himself. Um, last winter, Mike could be good, I thought, and so I downloaded. The download might be illegal, you don't know my life. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I really, like I said, I appreciate the last winter because it spoke to, like, I think I told you this. I like all of Boz's albums when they drop because I feel like he and I are pretty much in the same place in our lives at the point at which he drops these albums. Exactly. Um, exactly the same reason I, I yeah. realized I played to it so much. Like, last winter was about a guy looking for purpose, traveling the world for the first time, getting out of his hometown, getting out of his element, and just, like, seeing new shit. And what I came and, and I what I came to appreciate about Two Had a Ride on these re-listens was that like um the the title of the of the album almost betrays what the album's about. And I didn't realize it until on the re-listens because I was slow. But it's like the point at which you've reached success. I think I thought about Two How to Ride as being like literally too high. But the point is, he's he's making the point about like, I'm successful now. Like, do I still care enough to change the world? Like I was talking about on last winter, is it like I'm I'm successful yeah. now. I don't need to change anything. I'm I'm good, you know. Right. Um, no, I saw a book. So I, I feel like I definitely should have read this article um prior as the quote unquote half-assed research on this, because that I couldn't have worded any of that better. Um but yeah, like no, that was a uh, uh when you talk about it's funny that you that you say all that because I didn't listen to I had a weird timeline as far as listening to boss. I never I didn't start from listening to his the quarter water mixtapes and um which wow. by the way are not that good. He couldn't rap that well. So yeah, it, like it, right. No, I, I went back and listened to them just recently. It's funny because um in like, you know, my closest circle of uh of friends, we we have we had group me and it's always music drops. And I think that's the time no, because that that wasn't even yeah, they, we didn't have streaming services then. It was more so, hey, listen to this guy. You had to go to Datpiff. You had mm -hmm. to download out. Like, it's first world problems, but it took, it took like, you know, effort. Right. So I remember he, he would talk about it. He he dropped it a couple times, and I don't know. I just never went to listen to him. And I remember even when he had a, he had the future on the deluxe version of of Born Center. The, um, the, I think it was New, uh, New, York, New York Times. Times. Yeah, New York yeah, Times is New York cool. Times one with the song of Fifty, and it was a good verse. And I just was kind of unfamiliar with him, so it's weird that at some point I don't really remember when. I think I want to say it was like Revenge of the Dreamers two. That was the time I was actually checking for his music. Um, I would hear some Cole features, and it's crazy because a lot of people that I have talked to they get introduced to Boss because of a J. Cole feature. They're listening right. to J. Cole, Spotify, or a featuring list. I think they even have a playlist set that's like featuring J. Uh, J. Cole features. And mm -hmm. you come across him. So it was a road trip that I think, I was just listening, I was going down to Atlanta and, you know, everybody taking turns playing music. And I remember hearing Fiji Water in My Iron just come on a random playlist. because Why are you so dramatic? Oh, man. And Fiji Water. So when you were talking about 
uh, yeah, I think that's the best song on that album because I don't know. Every time I play it around somebody, they're always asking who it is. Like they don't. No, they yeah. before, they're like, "Who is this? What is this?" Um, the me, you, Jack, and Ginger, Mary's here. This no need to ask. I'll bring her. <laughs> pull me. Yeah, that's my shit. I love your world. Your world is my favorite song off that album because um, uh, okay, where I was at that point in my life. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so it, it it has a lot of um, that one aged surprisingly well, and I think, you know, of us, us being in the same age bracket definitely helps because I I'm kind of like looking through this journey, and I and while I don't see it as his best album, I can still go back and go, oh wow, like yeah, you talk about all the traveling and all of the, uh, you know, your rise, and you can kind of see that through the album, so. Yeah, no. It's funny you bring up um, my bad. It's funny you bring up Fiji Water though, because I wrote down literally. Um, because I guess the the point I was trying to make is that I guess last winter is so is so, um, like bright eyed and bushy tailed, and too high to ride is not that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's very yeah. melancholy. Um, right. But I think like a song like Fiji Water and My Iron is almost like a spiritual cousin to what Too High to Ride becomes, where it's like he he's jaded on last winter, but it's like. It's still very new, and so it's hard to be jaded when it's new. And now yeah. that it's not new no more, it's like, oh wow, this is this is this life. Like, man, this is actually right. crazier than I thought. You know, man. No, um, I tell people all the time that, regardless, I mean, sure, I would love money, but fame is one of the scariest things to me. Not because oh, I don't think I can, like, for the normal reason. It just, man, it seems like a hellacious life. So mm-hmm. to see, to I think. How have I tried to explain it before? That it's so, it's so crazy that when you want to be an artist, that to be to be at the top of your game, you have to deal with a celebrity status. And you know, I think about mm-hmm. that, and it's like, if you know, I want to be a doctor, and I can go work as hard as I can, and I can be a damn good doctor, but I don't have to be famous. I can be a millionaire without having to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the road of yo, I love music. I love acting. I love sports. I like, I'm just really good at basketball. <laughs> you know, you gotta, like, you gotta do that and you gotta learn media training and you have to go. Yeah, through I, I, was, I was just about to say, like, think of all the sort of, I mean, I, I know for a fact there are basketball players who didn't make it because they don't, they didn't want to do that, all the extra shit. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are musicians who, like you said, they didn't want the lifestyle. I remember right. reading something about a meal a couple months ago I was headed somewhere and um her story is crazy Emil from Rockefeller um okay basically she uh the fame got too much for her and so like it's it's obviously janky how like the rap game treats black women and so the story became that like it became too overwhelming for her and she just couldn't deal with the lifestyle but uh, it was like yeah like it's a lot, and especially as a woman, it's a lot. As a woman, as a single mother with kids, it's a lot. You know, like I'm not making enough money to, you know, make up for me not being a, a present mother. You know, like I, I'm still trying to be around for my kids and be a good family woman and y'all's and blase splee. And these men can just go be rappers and you know what I'm saying, just give up all the cares of the world just to chase their dreams. And I have to worry about all these other things, these maternal things. And it's like, I don't know. So. Yeah, Definitely, when you think about the fact that like there are a lot of people who have to forsake their passion or their talents just because like of all the stuff on the periphery they don't want to deal with, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine having to do all that. I thought that was something that when I found out Rico Nasty um, 
was a single mother making it up in the rap game. And I'm like, wow, like that's a, that's a whole different life and a whole different side that you don't really hear about that. Uh, I mean, cause I mean, very- but that's the thing is the flip side is there are single fathers in the rap game who I guarantee yeah. are not like, I got to stop rapping to take care of my kid. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Right, like- right, right, right. No, it's a, um, it's a complex thing, uh, for sure that he touches on. And that's one thing I think, um, no, I love so much about this album. And I, I think just going through some of the research, he was, um, he mentioned in some interview that uh, that this that this album was heavily drug influenced, for lack of better words. But what he was saying is that it's not so much that how did how did he word it? He was he was basically talking about how doing drugs can kind of make you more introspective. It doesn't have to turn you into a depressive, dark album, mm-hmm. but you know, you can kind of go into, you know, go into certain things with maybe some anxiety, maybe some things that you're, that's stressing you out. So I think after I read that, I kind of, I listened to the album and I could kind of hear that, that it's not like, you know, some in a dark room, I hate my life, this, that, and that. It's just, I felt like he was probably open to a lot more, you know, very, very introspective on some things and some life and who's there in his life how this journey is um i mean it's damn near a journal kind of mm-hmm. just talking no, it about is. It is. Hey, this is what's going on and you have some good days you're like yo today was amazing you know tour was wherever mm-hmm. you stopped some of her friends but then there's other parts that he's like uh you know are these people really with me right i don't really know i mean that's also one of the harder things that i think that i see in fame is just seeing that you have to associate with so many different people for all different occasions and you never know are they do they like you you know do they like you for you mm-hmm. there's no way that you can hide certain things about you like they know you they can google you uh so it's it's you see a lot of that in the album and i think that was i think that was really interesting that he was i never looked at it cuz you as hey you know what this is drug influenced and it wasn't a high or a low it was just uh this made me think more about this yeah i I think he if i remember correctly he wrote the bulk of the album while he was on tour with abso and so i think that um that heavily influenced a lot of like what you said it's it's a it's a it's an album of peaks and valleys it's an album where like you said the tour is the tour is in a new place one night and it's crazy and i'm meeting all these different people and these new women and this is lit. But also I found out my I got an aunt who died back home and I can't get to her before she dies. And right, you know right. what I'm saying? I feel guilty about that because that's my closest family member. And you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I do chasing my dream? What does chasing my dreams mean if I can't really share it with the people closest to me? And then by sharing it with people who like you said, who really don't care about me. Like right. the duality of letting go of the people I care about to really kick it with niggas who only fuck with me because of what I can give them in the moment. You know, it's like Yeah, exactly. What do, how do I how do I balance that? So Yeah. yeah um and to to the point of uh, Revenge of the Dreamers too. So two of the, two of the songs on to how to write are from RLTD two Night Jive and Housewives. Um, and I feel like I didn't like Night Jive that much.
my night job. Y'all niggas jiving. I'm back up in position. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to step on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to step on the song by song um, sort of breakdown, and we'll get into where the, the questions that we'll jump into in a second. But yeah. yeah, I definitely didn't like night job at the time. I think like on the re-listen, I tried to rank. And I, I, I want to see if I probably should have like gave you this this question ahead of time. But I ranked the Cole Bias collaborations just to see like where it was. Um, huh. Among those, among that number, and I thought it would be last, but it's closer to the top than I realized. So yeah, no, we um, wow, close to Latin. Honestly, that was that's crazy because that's one of the. So in talking about, uh, I don't even really remember the first listen of this album, but I remember I, this was the first Boss project I anticipated because of hearing Night Job, like that Revenge of the Dreamer two, Night Job, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you could listen to that and just be like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," and just keep moving. I mean, I wanted it wasn't lit or my nigga just made bail. You know what I'm saying? Like from my perspective, I was like, um, "Yeah, so yeah, okay." I so, mean, in in, in in time too, um, because even now, I uh, shit, just last weekend, I think I came across the music video for my nigga just made bail. Mm-hmm. I'm like. That's that's still so I, I I'll just go ahead and like get my rankings for like my cold box. Okay, you know, I love <laughs> no, so my nigga just made bill is number one. Um I have tribe at two, down bad at three. I, I don't know if down bad counts, but they both on there and I really like that song. So I got that three and I got lit at four and I got night job at five. Um Can't Call It the song. This it's an Earth Gang song, I think. I yeah, got yeah. that on there. I let us have a night job. So can't call it the song called Bitches. That's on Revenge of the Dreamers one, which I really like. But the sound quality ain't that great. You can tell he's having fun on there. Um, yeah, I gotta go. That, that's the point too. They're always having fun on on those tracks. So yeah, and I mean Revenge of the Dreamers one was like Cole, Boz, Kaz, and Omen. I feel like those were like the only four people signed at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> it. Really was. Um, I was going back and listening because I don't remember when. Um, I mean, by the time Revenge of the Dreamers three came out, everybody knew about Dreamville. Like they had, they had a squad at that point. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of like how the Warriors. By the time like Warrior, like I don't remember any of Steph Curry's first couple years. I mean, him and Clay, like any <laughs> growing pains. Like I just, but at some point, like they there was a an problem. They're just like, okay, wow, Steph is an MVP candidate. Clay is good in zone right. Raymond Green is an all-star. So that's kind of how I feel I saw this Dreamville team come up because when it first I was excited when J. Cole announced, but then I'm listening, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I don't really know Boss. Kaz was cool. I liked a couple singles. And then Omen, I don't know. I tried to give him I I don't dislike him. <laughs> but I know when I listen oh, to Omen, it, Omen got this verse on Friday Night Lights. What's that song on Friday Night Lights that he got? Um, 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 Omen. Oh, Enchanted. I love Enchanted. Mm, it's, it's not ringing a bell for me. I love I Enchanted. Even though that's probably one of my favorite mixtapes, too. But I don't know. Like it, and he just, he just kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he really makes or, make or, makes or break a song at that point. Uh, no, 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 no. He doesn't. Um, I mean, like, I mean, like I said, um, what am I trying to say? I, I like Omen when I like him, but I wasn't seeking him out at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and I was too because I wanted to know this team. I mean, at that point, I felt like anybody J Cole was going to vouch for was going, you know, really be something new. But now, and when I look at the team, and it's just like 
yeah, you earth earth gang something completely new and fire. Ari Lennox, you know, in her own, you know, has she's her so, length. Yeah. She's amazing. Shout out to Ari. So Ooh, yeah, the Revenge of the Dreamers three team. That's like everybody knew. Everybody wanted to be at those sessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was amazing marketing. That's a whole nother story on how dope that was to bring that in, put in, make the documentary, do all that. But Revenge of the Dreamers 2 was kind of like some of those early years, I think. And that was, mm-hmm. I was I was checking for it because I just remember it coming out. I think around, I'm trying to think what what uh, J. Cole album that aligned with. Um, Revenge of the Dreamers 2, I think that was... It wasn't. It was. I think it was for your eyes only. That was around for your eyes only time. Okay. Yeah, if I'm so remembering that... correctly, Revenge of the Two dropped December 15. Um, for your eyes only dropped December 16. So it was a year in between. Um. Hmm. Yeah. It was. I know it was a lot of different. Um, people had singles from their because pro- I think Kaz had a single from his first project. Um, it was just really showcasing the team and what they had coming up. And I think that's when I listened to that and I was like, okay, like I need to look out for the, for this next Boz product project, which is crazy that I don't really remember when I first listened to it, but I know, you know, I know, I don't, I don't really remember when I started listening to it. I don't remember. I even asked my friends about it. I'm like, yo, when do we first start listening to it and he's like i can't remember either i just know it's still on on rotation with me now i was like yeah that's that's crazy so it kind of it kind of snuck up on me really yeah i um this is this ain't a cold pot so in the event we do do 2014 uh we could talk about the origins of dreamville but i, I do remember being i remember being specifically excited about cole starting a label because i understood Almost as a student to hope that like he wanted his own Rockefeller, I knew he was gonna take it very seriously. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it was like of of all, I mean Kendrick doesn't Kendrick is doesn't have his own label. He's not the top dog, which is technically his label, but it's not. And then I just never trusted Drake with other people's talent. So it's like of the three, who's gonna be the one whose vanity label actually works? And I always trusted Cole because, like I said, I think Cole just has a level of intentionality that Kendrick's not able to have, and Drake's not interested in having. And uh-huh. um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess that like at first I got a little discouraged about the sort of so Boz. I wrote this in the article I wrote too. Like um, Boz gave a rap radar interview where he basically was like, "I'm not tripping off the fact that it's taking." Some, I, I always appreciated Boz's patience because um, I, I feel like I have that trouble now with me running my little boutique website where I I think I'm cold sometimes. I get arrogant and I'm like, "Why don't anybody else notice?" And I feel like if I was Boz and I was signed to Cole and I was that talented, I would be like. Yo, why the fuck am I only selling eight thousand albums? Eight thousand albums first week, you know what I mean? Like I would be kind of in my feelings. Like, why isn't nobody noticing that I'm this good? And he always was very zen about it. Like, yeah, it'll happen when it happens. And so to think that in 2020 that he's actually it's been a it's been a decade, and B, um, I think he actually is starting to get sort of the recognition that um, it kind of just takes time to to build. You know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, I mean they've really been laying low uh, as far as just. As many people say, I hate it. Like, stay low and build really on all of their talent. Um, because the roster, like it says in itself, how we going back to the Omen album, it just wasn't my cup of tea. But I can't deny that he didn't have talent. You know, I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, no, he's good. Uh, and then Cos coming out. And it was so crazy because I, I think 
if I can recall correctly, like I started listening to like Boss and Cause at the same time, which was such a parallel. You know, you got one being like that West Coast rapper mm-hmm. and no, Boss being from New York and just having this this big contrast between the two. So at that point, you kind of start seeing his vision with the team and you're like, okay, you know, somebody's, something's bound to shake. Some, someone's bound to blow up. And um, arguably, I think at this point, outside of J. Cole, yeah, Too High to Riot had to have been. Last winter was good, but I think Too High to Riot. Yeah, no, Too High to Riot is, yeah. Like, hey, Dreamville, you know, they got something going. And I mean, to just kind of wrapping up the entire like roster point, I was very proud to see like that double XL cover they got around the ROTD three drop. It was just kind of like to see everybody on the cover to to the point we were making about when Revenge of Dreamers one dropped, it was four people, and then two dropped, it was like six, seven people. And now they got this whole roster. I just love the way my 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 yeah. big my favorite J Cole thing of this past decade. Um, not, not I mean music related, but not music related. I don't want to talk about his own output. It's just it's how he's leveraged. So we, we talked about celebrity and like how to be famous without being famous per se. And I love that J. Cole, I, I, I guess like a cold tangent, just a very quick cold tangent. He's been transparent about how at the beginning of his celebrity, he didn't know what it meant. And so like he would do huh. shit like buy Versace shirts to wear to award shows just because like that's what rappers do, right? They buy Versace right, shirts right. to wear to award shows. And then it was like, well, no, I don't want, that's not the kind of rapper I want to be. So he kind of fell back a little bit. And I remember him getting pushed back for that because it's like, well, rappers aren't this. I, I remember when Free Eyes only dropped it. Even, I, I don't like that album that much. But even I was like, no videos, no promo. He's going to drop the album and go on tour and then go home. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing, dog? Um, but Cole has managed to figure out a way to like leverage his celebrity. He's almost like, by being a unicorn himself, it's almost helping everybody else out. It's like the myth of J. Cole yeah. is almost putting... Boz and Ari and everybody else on the pedestal that um, might have been impossible for them to reach five years ago because Cole was still not a big enough celebrity himself, you know. But, but almost by like, almost by be, almost by showing celebrity, Cole's become a bigger celebrity, and that's helping the brand. So yeah, he's a uh, he's definitely got that like that dad energy now. Yeah, that, definitely. Did <laughs> you see him working, taking care of his his label children on there? It's crazy. You brought me back to the original point. I since forgot in the. Boston, I mean, Boston, uh, J. Cole collabs and that listening to uh, my nigga just made bail. And like, it's hard to listen to the Cole lyrics or the verses that he used to do before. Because I'm I'm listening. And I like laughed at it as talented as it is. I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't rap about that stuff anymore. He just completely, I guess, part of its growth, part of it's also this that dad energy now. And I mean, he's sitting there. It's. It's just funny how he's what he talks about and what you hear, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, growth. Like, thank God for growth and all that. So, yeah, um, he, he was also hiding a wife and a child at that time, though. Nobody talks about when J. Cole did it, you know. Nobody talks about what no, nobody talks about when Cole did it. No, I'm joking, but um, no, I mean, wait. to that point, but he so did Cole didn't start rap beefs, man. Nobody <laughs> started rap beefs with, with skeleton in the closet, man. Also true, also true. That's like, I know you ain't talking kind of thing, so. You don't want to do it, man. They're going to find it. But, uh, but now Cole has a line on my nigga just made Bill. Um, his last line. Um, another shot of Henny song, Faded Asker, How Long Does This Drug Called Fame Be Lasting? I always love that line. It's like very introspective. It's like I, I always, I've always recognized that Cole didn't necessarily want to be famous. He wanted to be a rapper. And I think that he 
um, made peace with the fact that to be a rapper, to be to be the sort type of rapper he wanted to be, necessarily meant he would have to be famous. Right. And um, I really appreciate he spent the, the bulk of the last decade trying to deconstruct that idea about can I be a famous rapper, but not the type of famous rapper that folks are used to. So. Yeah, yeah, no, like kudos to him. I mean, the man did the Forest Hills Drive tour and a black tee and. And some like hoop shorts. Yeah, and like, then came out and did four eyes only in a fucking prison jumpsuit. Like Cole's been right. on his own way for the last yeah. half decade, bro. That was his. I remember leaving that, and you're like, "Wow, he really just, you know, did what he wanted to do." Yeah, so. that was impressive. No, we can. Um, yeah, we can jump into the questions now. We already sort of did the first three, well, the first four, really. Um, but yeah, any any fun memories listening to the album involving the album? Memory of the first time listening to the album start to finish? Yeah. Um. Fun memory, I guess more so just kind of listening and uh, really the the best memories are answering the question of the best three to five song stretch, which was kind of knowing what, what, knowing the boss that I'd heard before, but going into, I know I'm just skipping into the question, but like my, my best row, which was just like unmatched in this album are matches night job ricochet and penthouse and i think that was the first i don't remember really like my first time listening to the album because i think i don't think i listened to it like start to finish i just was kind of listening here there but um no the first time i heard that was like okay this is this is like a legit album i think um more so matches was the introduction to the hicks you know we touched on them before but I didn't know. I kind of had the same, the same vibes after you learn about how he linked with the Hicks. That's just how you felt. Because to be honest with you, I've listened to some of their lyrics and I don't know what the hell they're really even talking about. <laughs> but like, I love the music, man. It's like, uh, it's like Little Dragon. Little Dragon is one of my favorite bands. Love all of their albums. But man, if you really go and like read the lyrics, they're so. I have no idea what what they're talking. What they're about. talking about. But it makes me feel good. It sounds good, and and I can listen to it on repeat. I can go to sleep to it. Like it's amazing. So between you know having them on matches and Ricochet, we dropped it on Night Job. That like was just. I think that was the first time, or maybe not the first time, but it's noticeable having a cold feature. I think there was some stint maybe during those years about like. 2016 2017 ballparking that like every feature j cole and kendrick were on like they were just trying to wreck whoever they were on you know <laughs> they, were, they were taking over songs i remember and i think it was, it was funny because even on born center when he had featuring kendrick lamar you were like oh let me hear this and it's just like a like Man, I, I still I still want a video for Forbidden Fruit for the record. I still need a video for Forbidden Fruit. So if anybody's listening to this and can make that happen, please make that happen. I'm that so annoyed would, by them niggas. Would have been lovely, man. A future uh, actual verse from Kendrick would have been great too. I don't but, even need the verse, dog. Just come on, man. And, and also, I've also this is why I hate that I like get mad at Twitter and delete my accounts every now and again because um, <laughs> there is a tweet in the ether somewhere that I deleted that. I basically was like, there's a Kendrick verse to that song somewhere on somebody's computer. I just Got don't know where, where his computer is. But he, Yo. if you think Kendrick Lamar didn't do a verse on that beat, come on, bro. Like, no. Yeah, I'm, I can't even recall the songs, but I know that summer, it was just like, oh, a Kendrick verse on there. Like, 
that might have been the same summer as Control when that came out too. He was just, yeah. So I think so. So I say all that to say that I just recall Cole like killing folks on as a guest first. I remember the song he did, uh, "Can't Knock the Hustle" with Cause. He had mm-hmm. two verses on it. Like Cause had a verse, then you had J Cole, then the hook, and then another J Cole verse. Like that was his thing. So I remember on Night Job, that was the first time I seen somebody like just battling it was just like a volley back and forth between like him just just dropping lyrics cole dropping lyrics boss again and it was just it was like fun you could tell like i could see them in the in the studio doing a song like that and just really having fun with it like oh okay like you got this i got that and i thought that was just like it was such a fun song to listen to um so yeah those those were like that's run the strat, and then penthouse, which you know I have a whole thing to go into on that. So. My ears, you speak sincere, right, precise. Cross your T's and dot your eyes, see my fears and read my mind. If lawyers still and doctors lie, what's really left for you and I? Trust, shit, I don't know too much about it. We can take the sleep of fake. But I don't want to feel the bottom, no I don't want to feel the bottom, no Girl, I don't want to feel the bottom Yeah, uh, definitely the best stretch uh, on the album to me Yeah um, As a whole, obviously, but yeah no, I um so I actually made that note on Night Job too about the going back and forth. Um that's kind of one of my favorite rap tropes and rappers do that. And I'm just always very intrigued by the mechanics of it. Like you say, I wonder if they were in the booth, if they were in the studio together working on that verse, or if like Boss wrote the verse and gave it to Cole and Cole sent his tweaks over and was like, or if Boss just wrote the whole thing. Cause that's my thing is like unless you are sitting next to each other and writing the verse together, there is no way that can work, right? So it's like it's either it's either that involved or the other person is writing the verse and you are letting go of your ego enough where you're like, okay, I'll just rap your words, which rappers don't do or they don't announce that they do. So I'm just kind of like, I'm always intrigued by like the secrecy or like how they, how they make like, that shit work. It's almost like seeing how the sausage is made. You don't want to like know all. Honestly, I don't. I no, feel like. No, uh, no, 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 I don't. Revenge of the Dreamers uh, documentary. Revenge of the Dreamers 3 documentary. That was that was excellent to see, but it was also like, wow, you saw like too I, much. Yeah, like some some parts of it were like, wow, okay, like that's how rap songs are just being made. Like, and then it was it was interesting on that album because you kind of hear when you pay attention. Some songs like Lambo Truck or Hey, a collaboration, and then there's other times where it's just talented rappers in the studio trying to best each other, mm-hmm. and you don't really get that co- cohesive song. But sometimes I don't, you know, you don't want to know that or know like, oh, yeah, I just wrote to this beat. Like you just, in my mind, I'm imagining Boss got whatever, whatever he had for it, sent the beat, Cole wrote his stuff in my mind, you know? So I don't want to, I never want to think too much into it, man. I'm, I'm like one of the fans who just like seeing the finished product. Right. Yeah. 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 This is bad. Um, now I want to know, but I find out once I found out, I'd be like, oh man, I should have just like kept that secret to myself or y'all should have <laughs> kept that secret. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm weird that yeah. way. Um, so yeah, I was in Cuba when the album dropped. Oh. Don't remember 
anything about so again here i am this new boss fan who after last winter dropped i was, I was playing last winter to oblivion right so it was like all right where's the new shit um yeah. revenge of the dreamers 2 dropped like i said i didn't really fuck with night job or so i liked housewives better of the two look at them sipping the sauce you niggas been ripping the soft you niggas just talking the most like housewives pockets is full of the hope homie tell them we came for the dope only for the dope only benjamin franklin the folks sold me where'd the solo my nigga i got the loud in the sled went to college a bit pissed off my scholarship quick now i'm back in the town i'm back in the town a nigga been searching for purpose there's nothing around Back into making my old moves, wrong moves. Play the game and nigga, no rules. Poor you, you could probably lose your soul too. With That's not to say that I loved it though. It was, I liked it a lot. It was a surprise pick for a single on the album. I think, um, but then I go back and I don't really know, like, I don't, not many of, not many of the songs were ever even a radio kind of thing like hey this no. is what i'm imagining playing on like the local rap station so but none of but that's the thing is i i guess that's partially my problem with this album mm-hmm. and it's not really like a thematic problem just more so of a like marketing problem none of these are radio songs bro like no like none like, i wouldn't hear none of these on the radio except for maybe clouds never get old and who's requesting that on like a rap station <laughs> you know what i mean right 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 yeah but like from my view, I mean, Night Job, I think definitely had some uh, radio hit. But at the same time, I mean, I think that's also part of what makes it great is that it didn't really, to me, it didn't need a, a, a radio song, you know, because sometimes that radio song sticks out like a sore thumb on some albums. And I'll be yeah. listening to an album and you're like, OK, somebody made you make this. And it just kind of throws it off but yeah this one i, I thought housewives was a surprising pick i don't I, I liked it but yeah the the singles that he had coming off of there were good music but again not like the ones you would want to hear on the radio so even though you know what you're saying no and so i guess like so when i got back in town i heard it i heard the album and i guess like obviously it's a buzz album it's technically proficient and so and the instrumentals were good and so I liked it, but I guess I didn't immediately connect. The, only, the first song I immediately connected to was Penthouse. That was my first favorite song on the album. I didn't wow. really remember anything else. What? I'm not going to hold you. Like, I was, I was kind of just listening to it just to listen to it, but it wasn't like I found any of the other songs very memorable at all. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think I can attribute that to the fact that, like, I couldn't hear, I, I couldn't hear any of those songs on the radio. And so yeah. there was nothing for me to, like, really attach myself to. I was just kind of like... This nigga did a whole pivot from last winter. Like, what is what is this? And I just I wasn't, I guess me myself, I wasn't ready for it. Um in 2020, yeah. I can say that like he actually was maybe ahead of his time. But in the moment I was like, I don't what is this, bro? Okay. Um, no, no, no. I mean, fair critique on it. That it, it was it was very different. I think I think all of his projects, I mean, you know, now being able to look at him in hindsight, all of his projects are uh totally different times and yeah, like there's, there's of course the cons- the the only consistency is that he's gonna just drop some bar, like some. Yeah, the bars are always gonna be there, but you don't know what you're gonna get music wise. But as far as that, um, wow, my aunt, 
she was listening because I actually I did a I shot a cooking demo video during this quarantine time. It's be on the lookout whenever I get that on whatever platform I decide. But follow the YouTube um, channel. <laughs> we had uh we had tribe playing as like the background music, and I shared it with my aunt, and my aunt totally away from rap. Like I don't even know if she knew J Cole when I told her <laughs> which song it was, but she was like, ah, I like this this music, and she used some term I never even heard. I had to Google it, but it's just some kind of like Caribbean like you know, cheery vibes, whatever it was to it. I was like, huh, I guess that definition fits this song and this album, but I never thought, you know, like I never thought that was the sound I was going to hear from Boss. So I think with all of his albums, he's really, um, he's really expanding into his own sound and what he wants to do. Yeah. So, that's- And I mean, I, to me, his music just speaks to his love of travel. You know what I'm saying? Like every... I take that from essentially every instrumental is that like he's going somewhere. He's on the move somewhere. That's my favorite part about Fiji Water in My Iron. It sounds like he's just like on the go the entire song. You know, I don't know how to put it, but it sounds like he's on a plane, on a bus, on a train. He's all like perpetually in motion. Um, yeah, I mean, travel. Even just looking at the research, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that he was born in Paris mm-hmm. when, uh, and, until I like Googled and found that out. But I mean, he's just, you know, he claims, you know, as being like Sudanese, he claims that to the fullest, claims New York, but then just finding out he travels so much. And even the, the quarter water uh, mixtapes, the skits, if you remember in between, were like his homies chopping it up, like travel. You have the train sounds and mm-hmm. they were going from Amsterdam to wherever, just really across the travel. The travel sticks out. Um, but no, it's so interesting that you say, you didn't really uh, vibe with it until Penthouse because Penthouse is not only my favorite song on this album, but dare I say my favorite song like of all time. I oh, think. okay. Which is That's like heavy. a huge heavy stack. Like, I take that with, yeah, I don't say that lightly when I think about all the other music that I listen to because um, I think that's that's the number one reason that I go back to this album so much. Um, it's so crazy because I, I was like talking to somebody recently who was really into daily affirmations and that they would they're like, yeah, no, like you need affirmations, all this kind of, you know, how essential it was to you and yourself. And I think about how often I like wanted to listen to this song as I'm getting ready for work. And I was sitting there like, wow, like this is crazy because I know all the lyrics to it. And it's like my own sense of daily affirmations kind of listening to this song. So I feel like he just spit a whole sermon, which is mm-hmm. the irony that I say the album was teaching lessons without being preachy, but like Penthouse, it just felt like a whole sermon. Like every line in that song was just like, yeah, I could relate to that. Certain points in life could definitely relate to that, you know? So um, yeah, I have like nothing but great things to say about this song. Um, I feel like even the way he started it, that he was just like, when he was just like, lately I got this feeling my niggas was meant to get it. Written in the stars. stars. Made it for some yeah. eyes. Only God was with us. Yeah, man. Um, yep. I, it's really a sermon. It's really a sermon. We go bar for bar. And like, I loved it. And I think at that time when it came out, like that's the, um, I guess the whole underlying theme of this album to me is just like 
friendship. And you can kind of see that all the way from the top of Dreamville, like how them being friends, how like him being put on Nicole, being like close friends with his brother and how much it like, you know, he always has like the Fiends team that he's shouting out. So it's like, there's such like an element of friendship in this album and, you know, wondering who's real, who's not, all of this mm-hmm. stuff. This song, when he's just kind of talking about like this rise to success that, that, you know, we spoke so heavily on and like how having your boys with it and like having a team with you is just like so essential. And like, even just talking to one of my friends recently, and we we're talking about different projects and different things we're accomplishing during this time of quarantine. And, you know, he started telling me about some little side thing he was working on. And I was like, yo, that's really dope. Like, kudos to that. And he was just like, yeah, man, I can't get left behind. And we were laughing at it, but it's just, it's real though. When you have uh, that circle around you that you really want to come up with you, like what's to come up if the people that you enjoy being around aren't going to be there with you. And especially if you're going through this whole line of, man, I don't know who to trust in this thing, uh, in this game, you know, you got the song, which we can go back to like Meth Alone, where he's, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, you know, like fake people around you and just mm-hmm. the constant worry. So it, it just, it really, I mean, that song speaks to my heart, man, as far as how much he, uh, he, he just relies on having them with the struggle and the jumping ahead to that other we can get back but like the best lyric on this album which is my favorite is when you say we gotta thank god for the felonies we miss which is like i i have been trying to make that, that ig capture for the last five years and i i think i used it on something and i ended up deleting it but yeah i um, love i love that line that was the line that was the line that actually had friends talk about this album man like i remember dropping that with the friends like yo you heard that line on there because it's crazy you know everybody you know definitely didn't have like a yo i was out in these streets like this whole kind of struggles that i just made it but like to me unless you had like such a sheltered life and even if you did almost there's at least one occasion in life you could think you could have caught a charge and you didn't. Whether it just be in the wrong place, wrong time. Hey bro, this, this, like, this is all it is. It's like, you're going to be in some bullshit in your life. That's just living. Tons, you know? exactly. Like, you know, I'm, when I moved up here to D.C., what, I think in 2012, just going out every weekend. Like, it's a miracle that you just had, that you didn't get in any trouble, just doing whatever shenanigans you were getting into. And I mean, you know, when you, th- you think back at the time, and we all, that's like, the number one thing we're going to do is like talk about each other and reminisce on like the crazy things that we did back in the day and stuff. And we all like, I think, um, one of my friends, one of my friend's mom, uh, she just prayed for us and prayed over like how, how much grace, you know, she was like, yo, you have, y'all have God's grace to become the young men you are. And it was like, I think that's, that speaks like online to that. Just like, yeah, like you got to thank God for the felonies you missed because, man, folks could be these doctors, lawyers, you know, dads right now that that we just think about, moms, all of these folks that like they have these great lives now that it's just like, man, things could go, could have gone terribly different if mm-hmm. you had just caught that. So I love that. Like, seriously, 
that's what makes it one of the my favorite songs in life. Makes it one of my favorite lines of all time. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that line is what caught my ear the first time, if I remember correctly. I was like, yo, like that's because I think about like me and my close, me and my longest friend. I've known Keenan since we were four. And I wow. just think I just think about that shit. It's like, like you said, like I haven't I'm not like a street kid. I think I'm a fairly good kid. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, I know I've done some bullshit in my life that I could have probably <laughs> maybe caught charges. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you think you just think back over your life and the people you've been with, like you said, friendship relationships. I think the point I wanted to get to even more than like just friendship. I think this album is just kind of about discernment, like what's important, who's yeah. important. Um, am I getting any of this right? You know, what I'm saying I, I think it's an album about less about self discovery, just more about like um, it's almost like the inverse of self discovery. It's like I know who I am, yeah. But does everybody else? Do I know who everybody else is? Uh huh. You know, it's like um. So I guess so. So what were you about to say? Oh no, I was saying like I mean, even then you spent a considerable amount of time in D.C., and I think that was um another reason like this album resonated so well is because yeah, like making your life in a in a city like D.C. by far, while I love the city, it's been great to me. It's been the most superficial like environment I've ever been in in life like you know so but the flip side of that and this is why this is why I love the album um the flip side of that is feeling like there ain't shit for you at, at the crib he says on housewives uh nigga be looking for purpose it's nothing around it's like um and then he says on uh too hot to riot uh left the city a drug dealer came back a fucking poet let me grow I have this I feel like I have this problem a lot with my friends at home I love them to death but I hear shit a lot. Like anytime I'm home and I gotta go, it's like, oh, you hate the city, or like you never like being here. Or, like, what's wrong with the city? And it's like, ain't shit wrong with the city. I just don't want to be here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, why? Why does me want to like see the world and get new experiences? Like I've had friends tell me, oh, I can, you can just vacation, and it's like, or oh, I could live there. And you know what I'm saying? Home is always gonna be home, bro. Right. Like that to me, that's always been my perspective. Is that like? No matter what I do, like this is gonna be my roots. My my, my mom is always gonna be here. My stepmom is always gonna be here. My sister's always gonna be here. You know what oh. I mean? I gotta come back to visit, even if I don't ever come back to live permanently. But oh. to treat me like I'm doing something wrong because I want, I have bigger dreams than this. And I feel like I feel like that's what Boz is speaking to. It's like I don't really want to be at home because I feel pigeonholed. But then I get on the road and ain't none of this shit real neither. So which one is it? Is it Uchiwali? Is it one mic? You know what I'm saying? Like I can't get it right because. I don't want to be here because I feel like I'm stuck. But then I go out on the road and it's like I got all these fake niggas around me and people back home are dying every fucking day. It's like, yeah, yeah, which one is it? As far as, yeah, whether to want to go back or not. Which also just another point I'd be remiss to not bring up is uh, I didn't know that he went to Hampton for a stint. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, like I think I'm trying to think what song it was. Um, where he was like pissed off my scholarship quick. Uh, went to uh, college. That's, that's Housewives. Yeah. Yeah, Housewives. Okay. And that made me look into it. I was like, where did he go to school? And turns out he had a full ride to Hampton before, um, you know, it didn't work out and he didn't want to be there and all that. So I was like, wow, like to think that this whole story that he was talking about kind of leaving home and going and finding his way, I didn't even realize that he went the same path as me going to. Hampton. So that was a pretty cool, that was a pretty cool aside to kind of hear, hear that now. But yeah, like, I mean, you definitely, you definitely catch all of that, uh, 
as far as the friendships, the who's real, who's fake, all of the debate, like the internal debate that you have between there. I think that's when, that that's one of my favorite parts of this album, especially Penthouse. Um, yeah, well, there's so many. I think I think legit almost every part of that like every part of that song could be could be part of like my favorite lyrics um as far as what he was talking about so no i started typing out my favorite lyrics for each song and i basically typed out the whole penthouse song so i'm not even about to i'm 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 disqualifying that for my own favorite lyrics because i'm not even about to try and go there um praying for the rain but gotta deal with mud too like yeah what yeah. That's why I like a pastor to believe in me. Don't know how to quit. That's a thing to me. Yeah, he yeah he snapped. Um, yeah, I'm I'm about to break my own rules for the best three to five songs stretch and go to. I'm only going live for and uh, clouds never get old. I think really. I think those two are like they encapsulate the album perfectly. Those two and those two in penthouse are like the three like songs that like perfectly encapsulate the album. I think live for is like everything he wants the album to be about. Yeah, under my shirt, under my shirt. I keep you tucked to the side. I'm Mr. Jekyll, I got something to hide. I fancy love, but I get stuck off of pride. I hope you understand. I got a list of daily lovers. Succumb to the beast, they'll be coming live from the belly of it. Just trying to survive, I'm searching for any others. Let's get together, make the whole world believers. New world allegiance. Fiends living our dreams out, nigga, believe it. Seen the world three times, nigga, believe it. They out here selling you peace signs, niggas believe it. I don't, my behavior's unbecoming. Yo. And, what, and what's wild is like, I don't even remember Live For up until. I, Live For is one, is every song, every album has that one song that I like when I hear it, but I don't think about it in real time. And I don't ever remember hearing Live For. And I've been listening to that shit nonstop since we agreed we was going to do this a couple weeks ago. So I have not. And in the number one part of weaknesses, and I felt like such an asshole having to put it because the song is such a, you could tell it's so personal of a song, but that's my weakness is live for. If there's any song that I don't want to listen to when I'm listening to the album straight, I'm skipping over live for, which is crazy. Cause like, yeah, um, it definitely, and it's, and it's not for, it's not for bad reasons. Like this song is bad or whatever. By, by any means, but it just seems like a like a passion piece, kind of. You know, it's like that song kind of is so heavy that it kind of it kind of takes away from the airiness of this album, even though it has its like quite obviously darker moments of the album. It's just it has a it has a feel good melody melody, but you can't. You can't like not listen to the lyrics of that song. You know what I mean? And that's that's that, that's, that's why I love it, bro. Like the passion behind it is, like I I get it, bro. I feel like every time I call home, somebody else is dead. Yeah. Every single time I call home, somebody else is dead, and it's like I'm out here in DC. Like I, I I've never felt from my family specifically. I never felt begrudged from for not being home, but there is this level of like. Well, you, you need you need to call home more because you know you never know when so and so is gonna happen. And like the other day, my um my mom called on Wednesday. I was doing something, so I didn't answer the phone, whatever. And she didn't leave a message, so I thought it wasn't important. So she called me Saturday. 
I was headed out the door to like the grocery store or something. And she was like, yeah, I called you on Wednesday to give you some bad news. And I was like, what's up? And one of her best friends passed from the virus. And I was like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's just kind of like this sort of, I, I, I get it, I get it. Like, Liv, yeah. I, I get it, I really do get it. Yeah. And that's why I was saying I felt like such an asshole to be like, you know, if, if I'm going to do this, of course, I'm going to, you know, give my real honest opinions. And it's like, I would compare it to say you're like drinking with your friends. And at some point, one of them has something heavy. It's like, yeah, man, I've been going through it. And they start talking about what's going on in their life. It's important. And you definitely want to hear that. But, you know, like, that's just like a wow, like, I'm glad you're letting this out and expressing, but at the same time, you're like, ugh, like, and then it's just like, okay, we've talked about it, we've gone about it, and it's like, all right, like, let's get back to the fun, you know, like, that's a weird, that's, that's a that's But a that's weird clouds thing. never get old, you know what I'm saying? That's the point. And he says that, too, he's like, the point is, like, you you on the road, you get this bad news, that's what live for is, you get this bad news, somebody back home passed, and it's like, you in this cloud, you in this funk. But the next day you back on tour, nigga, like you, you got to kind of, and not even you kind of got to get out of it, but it's like you almost are yanked out of it by your circumstances. You in this fake world where it's like you don't even have the downtime to really process the fact that your closest family member just died back home and you can't go see her. It's like to be in that mood permanently would be almost oxymoronic to being a rapper. You know, you know what I mean? No, honestly, I don't think I've ever really looked at it in that, in that scope. And I guess, uh, you being such a fan of sequencing of albums too. Um, that makes sense. I never really thought about, you know, the live for clouds never get all going in, but it just, as far as when I'm listening to it. And I think I will say that too, that, uh, in, you know, prepping for this and listening to it and really listening to it as um, from all the different angles that you maybe never did before that it grew on. Like when I, when I listen to it now, I don't skip over it. I listen to it. I, you know, sympathize with it. I hear it. And then we kind of, and then I keep it moving. But as far as like, yeah, it's just, it's sad, man. Like, no, 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 it's, it's, a, it's sad, but it's almost like, um, I want to say most of his, not most, I, I haven't really done like the deep dive into, I didn't take any notes on this. So I don't want to, be presumptive in saying this, but I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about uh, dopamine. I'm yeah. thinking about like so. So those two songs specifically kind of start in a very sad place. Uh, dopamine specifically because it's like he starts his verse talking about shit. Cause I ain't rich enough. I mean, my father got a whip, it ain't sick enough. My mother need more treatment, like she ain't been sick enough. My cousin need more treatment, like she ain't been sick enough. My dad, I mean, before I die, give me everything required to die. No, when I did enough, and my niggas well. They can never drink enough. Let me get a couple bottles, get them lick it up. His dad don't have a car that he deserve, and he got family members because his mom and his cousin are sick, and he don't want to die not knowing he didn't do enough before he died. But then the end of the verse is like, I'm complaining about all this shit. I'm signing Dreamville. I just be hanging out with J. Cole when I fucking feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like my bitch Cole, like at, by the end of the verse, he's like, I, mean, I could talk about how bad my life is, but I'm winning, nigga. Like life is great. And I feel that's what happens on Live For too, where he's like, dang, I like. I'm not home. I lost my aunt. I'm not as present as I need to be. But like, you know, like I'm 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 chasing my dreams. Like, you know what I'm saying? I've seen the world three times. Like, niggas hating on me. Like, I'm doing I'm doing what I've always set out to do. Um, I feel like that's kind of been that's kind of a theme of the album where like he starts off very pensive, like, wow, life isn't what I want it to be. But it could be worse. It could be way worse. Um, 
way worse. Yo, black men, are you tired of being told that men are trash? Are you tired of hearing over and over about toxic masculinity? Are you tired of having black masculinity defined for you? All in the videos, dancing. I bet. Check this out. Cue the music, please. My name is Jeremy Hurt, and Let's Talk Bruh is a podcast that I host on black masculinity. We have conversations on black masculinity and take it into our own hands, define it for ourselves, and break down what men are trash really means, as well as what it means to hold ourselves accountable for toxic masculinity and the ways that it impacts us and women. I have conversations on vulnerability, mental health, friendship, sex, and much more. Being a black man, as we know, is a full-time job with no days off. And Let's Talk Pro is a podcast where all black men can have deeper conversations outside of Twitter's 280 characters to vent, to laugh, celebrate our wins, and call each other out for problematic behavior like telling your boy to man up when he's crying because what does it really mean to be a man if you can't cry? With each episode, we try to do our part in considering and suggesting new visions of black masculinity. Let's Talk Pro drops every Wednesday anywhere you can find podcasts. All right, boom, we're back. Uh, so I guess, like, technically, we were on weaknesses of that album. Um, you spoke to live for being <laughs> being a little bit too personal. A little bit too personal. Um, you know, we're this is of course my album of the decade. So of course, some of my weaknesses still can be. You know, they're not that that weak to me. Um, oh wait, backtrack real quick. So penthouse is the best song on the album to you, also. Penthouse, yes. Uh, I was I was looking at it and I was like I'm so biased that I can't. If, if I had to give any other song like best song, I would probably say Night Job just for the fact that we talked about being uh, a radio hit. Like I feel like if you just like rap and they go, oh, you know, what's good on this album? Mm-hmm. I can like maybe think I can hope you can relate to Penthouse, but I know I can play you Night Job, and if you just appreciate rapping, like. You're not gonna say boss verse J. Cole's verses weren't great, you know? So I would say that's one of the best songs to listen to. Um, but I mean Penthouse for me, it's it's like far and away my my the best song on the album to me. Okay. Yeah. So um, Dang, that's, I mean, I yeah, that, so I relate to your love of Penthouse. I think that um I didn't even know that, like I'm so much more appreciative of that now because that's like a, it's more so like an inside thing with my friends as much as we talk about that album in different parts that's like related. And I think, uh, I think it was, I've always loved this song. And actually I remember, I was like, yo, I just hope he does Penthouse during the concert. And I, he opened with it and I was like, that's it. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got this, I'm good. Um, but as far as just like listening to it, you know, I would say I listen to it a couple times a week, just like as a good reminder. This is just some motivation my, shit. You know, yeah, shameless plug to whoever's listening to it. Go listen to Penthouse. See if you just can't relate to at least a couple lines of that. That's like, man, that's me. Like that's the that's the sermon that I'm gonna shoot to you to listen to, man. That's such a great song. I feel that way about Clouds Never Get Old. With me riding, dressing room like we keep bitches on the rider. Bus full of white girls singing, I can nelly. Mama, I think I just met me a Madonna. Oh, nah, nah. Everything glowing ain't a diamond. 
I know everything glowing ain't a diamond Girl, you shining But I ain't felt love in a long time And I told you that when we woke up I guess that might have been the wrong time My best pickup line is young nigga with money I ain't playing My best pickup line is young nigga with money I feel like that's like that's the wittiest song on the album, bro. I love the instrumental. Shout out to the Aaliyah sample. Shout out to Timbaland. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. So, and I think, man, that's that's one thing with this podcast has been me going back and listening to certain projects with a different ear, like um, Anti specifically. I remember I liked the album. I thought it was a great album, but. Just hearing it broken down. Oh, anti is like that, bro. I always <laughs> felt that way about anti. I always you back, did. You go back and listen to all of these projects and these crit albums. And I mean, I feel like I had already dissected Good Kid, Mad City as much as I have. But um, yeah, just it, just having people be passionate about a project and going back and listening to. I'm just like, huh, okay, let me go check this out. So now as much as I've listened to this album, I'm, I know after this, I'm listening to Live For and Clouds Never Get Old. And like, okay, as opposed to this being the weak part, let me listen to this if this is the best part. And I'm sure, you know, you'll probably, you'll probably end up different. So. That, the, the chorus of Clouds Never Get Old is like... Oh, yes. I just want to, I just want to sing that on a tour bus for the white woman. Like, no, <laughs> no shade, but like, it's kind of... I just imagine that's the imagery that comes to my head. And then... Um, I don't know what my favorite lyric on this album is, but I always I listen to this song for the last verse because he has this line. Don't ever get stuck on your laurels like all of them stuck in the past, niggas. Shit, that's how I got past, niggas. For real. Send the call and all my niggas. And I'm like, life lessons, dog. Like, never get stuck on your laurels, bro. Like, never do it. I was thinking about that um, as soon as you said clouds never get old. Because even then, I listened to it. Like, that's one song you could not listen you could ignore all the lyrics to that song and still just love the music and the melodies to that yeah. one. That's like one of these timeless songs. Um, and LMA is singing background. I, again, like this isn't like an LMA stand account, but also like I've been trying to figure out who's singing background on this song for, for, since I heard it. And um, yeah, you go on Genius as you're doing research for this stuff. And I'm like, LMA. And then I listened and I was like, that is LMA. That's crazy. Anytime I find out that like actual singers do background, I get excited because I'm like, I know that voice. No, um, it's great. I love, um, that's crazy. Like in movies, I love, I'm watching movies nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I love when I come across a movie and it's got somebody who's now like an A-list celebrity star just playing like a casual side mm -hmm, role. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, like, yo, this is, he was in that movie. She was in that movie. Like, that's crazy. How So it's, I love listening to features and hearing that. I love, um, like, as Dreamville as a whole is kind of like that too. When you listen and, and you go back and yeah, like, wow, yeah, yeah. you know, Boss being from the New York Times song and and having I, the Ari hit. used to sing background on a lot of their stuff. Yeah, uh, Ari being like, I knew Ari's voice before I knew who Ari Lennox was. Just like, oh, that's who it is. When you know when she finally started making her own solo projects. So um, the Hicks, man, it's it's so. Um, it's so interesting that I think that's one of the best features. And every time I introduce somebody to the Hicks as a result of um, Too Hot to Riot, I'm like, yo, don't get attached to them because you're going to listen to them and like, yo, this is good. I like them. 
they only have six songs like out in the world, you know? Um, so that's, that sucks to be honest with me. Like I listened to this five, that five song EP of theirs nonstop. Uh, he's teased this, this collab album that's supposed yeah, to be coming. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Man, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had such high expectations for an album until that. I mean, to be able to go from for the past four years, yeah, about four years of just listening to the same five Hicks songs, six <laughs> songs, and the two features, and now you're hearing, you're going to get a whole album of that. Because I think that was another hot take that I think I had on here is between, I think Boss and the Hicks might be my favorite collab of like two different genres of music as far as like rapper band rapper art singer pray that you forgive me for it been here before lost in my eye times in the past drowning my sorrows my fears speaking and i know that's like there's a lot to compare that to but i don't know when i'm hearing their story and how organic they were able to sit there and make music like you can i feel like i can hear that every bit of the song even when they came up on a the Revengers of Dreamers 3, the deluxe version, they had the director's cut and they were on a song. And it was like a lot of them just had like cutty hums to start of it. And but I heard them and I'm like, yeah, they make the song better. Like I don't know what it is about their chill vibes, but them and Boss just just work together. So I'm really looking forward to that album. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. I don't have enough equity with the Hicks to like share that opinion. I like uh matches. I don't my weakness actually is I don't really I don't like Ricochet. I don't get the point. Um yeah. I mean it's cool. Like I said, like I mean we are not we're not here to argue about Sonics. I think that we both would agree that like every song we hear is sonically exceptional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I don't what am what am I know for Ricochet? I just don't get the point. Um No, I get it and and I just said that earlier. I'm defending how good the Hicks sound and nothing more. If you want to ask, like, yo, I don't even, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, me either, but sound good, don't it? Like, <laughs> that's all I can really give to it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. I couldn't, I couldn't break it down. I would be spewing bullshit if I tried to tell you anything about what I think the song is and what I think they're talking about. It just sounds good, and I listen to it on repeat. Um, no regrets. Yeah, I mean, look, I, no, no, no shade. Uh, yes, I mean, I wrote down too that, like, I, I mean, like we said, it's like sonically is fine, and when you do rankings like these, something has to fall toward the end of the list. So I yeah. think like this is kind of happened with Ricochet for me. Yeah, um, and I think, um, well, one of the the things I guess if I had any critique on Boss, um, as an artist as a whole, is just that. The storytelling, I don't feel like the storytelling aspect of that can always be there. I feel like sometimes, you know, 
he needs to shine. Like he, I always think in sports analogies and I'm just kind of thinking if I had to compare maybe like Kyrie and he gets buckets, but maybe not the most efficient way of getting buckets. Like he's going to try to break down his defender and like drop him before he's going to give buckets and stuff. So you feel like you can hear a song, whereas like I can think of certain albums that can really tell a story just from start to finish. And you can have a little bit of flex with, you know, some catchy wordplay or whatever. But it seems that sometimes with uh, some of Boss's songs, you have some bars that are good, but just don't really pertain to the song. It's almost like, like you get off focus a little bit to like drop this because it rhymes and it fits there, but it doesn't really fit the narrative of the song. Um, and I've seen that kind of in all his projects, really. Really? I felt like he like harps on the same stuff too much. I, I, that's what I always felt like was that like the sort of travel thing was what he leaned on as a crutch because- and Maybe um, that could be that like if, that could probably be part of the storytelling that it's just like, well, if it's kind of the same story, you also still kind of have to give this, you know, find a way to fit this other, these other lyrics that you have in there. So I think, um, like, yeah, I don't want to go and compare to like some certain songs and certain projects that are like, oh, this, or maybe I do actually, 2014, Force of Drop, like that, those songs told a narrative from start to finish. You had a couple, okay, that's a witty bar, whatever. But like, sometimes it feels like, boss is getting his his witty bars in there regardless like i'm gonna rap about this and then he gets back to the fact and you you kind of i guess i don't know no i hear you i think that's honestly i think that's more of a last winter and a milky way problem than two how to ride problem i feel like two how to ride is like like i said like i I left well the past few years i kind of looked at it it's his least cohesive album and i think on this revisit i think it's like his most cohesive by a mile I think that he actually went out of his way to, um, cause like I said, like to me, this isn't, I don't know what I, cause he's rapping on it. So it's obviously a rap album and it's not an alternative rap album. I wouldn't like try to lump it with like what we think of alternative rap when we think of like the Tyler's and shit like that. But, right, right, right. um, I don't know. It's just like, so, so I think about, so I kind of paired this with, uh, the spill milk, uh, EP that just dropped. It's sort okay. of like sounds that, it, and I mean, um, he has sounds on Milky Way that I guess also we'll specifically try it in Boca Raton. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think of To How to Riot, I guess it's just more of like the kind of music he wants to make instead of the type of music he feels like he has to make. I think that I think of Last Winter as traditional and Milky Way as like a return to what Last Winter was, and To How to Riot just kind of more in his comfort zone. And I felt like that kind of shone out through the music. Um, yeah. and, and shout out through the bars too. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so to me, like the theme of so two out of rise the title track, um, which again made me feel like an idiot because it's the, it's the album manifesto. The, so that's another thing I like about Boz for the most part is that um, I got to revisit Icarus because I don't really remember what Icarus is about. But mm-hmm. New World Order on Last Winter is the album manifesto. It's like this is who I am, and then two out of rise the title track. Like obviously, is what the album's about. And so right. just re-listening to it, it's like, okay, when, when you make the title track, the first song is almost like the table of contents in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's what, yeah. here's what y'all hear for the next however many songs. And I feel like he did a really effective job, like, going through that from Matthew alone about um, niggas trying to deceive you if you're not perceptive enough, you're not careful enough. If you let niggas take advantage of you, they will do it. And then 
uh, what dopamine about being low on yourself and not necessarily knowing what you're doing with your own life. But you only as low as you think. You got to be positive. Power of the mind is, is the most powerful thing you got. And then, I, you know what I'm saying? I think, like, oh, okay, housewives is a little bit off, off course. I, w- I will agree with that. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, so, yeah, it does have, you know, it. I guess, yeah, when you look at it like that, if you're really trying to analyze, when going into a couple layers, you can say, yeah, this has this level. And, I mean, giving that credit, it's like you – you are a fan and you do this, you know, like that's like you study the music as to like a, your average listener, somebody who's just listening to the project the first time, second time around, you may not get that cohesiveness that you, that you have studying it. Whereas like 2014, Force of the Drive, Good Kid, Mad City. uh, But those were intentionally like concept albums per se, you know what I'm saying? Like when they come out and be like, these are a concept album, that kind of dictates what the listeners... But you get, you know, you may not get that cohesiveness your first listen around as far as the themes, which no, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. But again, I'm not one to just to go. The first time I'm listening to an album, I'm hardly ever listening to to the lyrics, like or analyzing the lyrics. It's going to take some time to really kind of listen to what I'm to listen to what I'm listening to. No, that's like, real. I be I be trying, like I said, like the, it, I mean, we even with Too High to Riot, like I tried to analyze it objectively for a few years and just couldn't get hit. Like I yeah. kind of, when Milky Way dropped, I just dismissed Too How to Ride. I was like, cool, new buys. I didn't have to listen to Too How to Ride no more. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, like I said, I'm grateful you made me re-listen to it or, or we're doing this now. So I had to re-listen to it because otherwise I probably would still have that same wrong ass opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, definitely. So the rest of the, getting some of the greater lyrics out the way that stick with me, um, when you were brought up methalone, that just reminded me that whole line where he's like, last week I bought a testing kit. I wish they made them for people. Mm-hmm. And like that part hit to a lot too. Just even going back in, I think even prior to this, I, um, well, one, I Googled methalone cause I had no idea what it was. And then I'm like learning the whole story behind it, which was apparently that when he was on this European tour, and stuff, thinking he was getting, like, they were getting Molly. You're getting real Molly, yeah. This whole time, and then he's, like, found out it's methalone. So he was doing, quote, doing the wrong drugs all alone, as he, all along, as he said. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was just like, huh, wow, you never really think about that. And then for him to flip that to to people. Yeah, niggas and, that say you any dream where I'm from. Yeah, as far as, man, there's, there's so many times that, like, you, uh, it's funny, a lot of people, as as social as I am, a lot of people were always just like, yo, you don't like new people. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I have some of the, my best friend, like you, I've known since I was five years old. So I'm, when a new person's coming around, I'm just like, hmm, like, let me, let me fill you out kind of thing. So that, that lyric hit so heavy too, that it's just like, man, I wish, I wish I didn't even have to rely on intuition and feeling you out that I could just be like, Hey, yo, is this, are you selling me bullshit or are you, are you real? Like good people. So that part, uh, the fact that he turned that literal sense into, um, you know, what he did. Yeah. The metaphor. Yeah. 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 Uh, great metaphor there. And then the olive, uh, I'm trying to think what song where it was like olive branches start to splinter. That's still methylone. Yeah. Yeah. That's still methylone. Right. Yeah. So I just remember that one kind of sticking out and, uh, 
yeah, that part is just far as, again, just dealing with like friends and relationships and this whole kind of, this whole theme that he had going through. And I think um, it's interesting. The whole olive branch to start, start to splinter part just reminds me of sometimes you trying to be a good person and like, yo, this is the right thing to do. Let me do this. And you feel like, you feel like being good and doing things the right way is going to be like an instant reward. Like you did this, you know what? You were the bigger person and now you can like be proud of that. Sometimes you could be the bigger person and it turned back right around in your face. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, uh, and I'm trying to think they, I'm, it was that dopamine and methadone where he talked about that as well. That, uh, Oh yeah. That's the thing. Good things don't happen to good people. People never people change. People never change. Yeah. That's yeah, methadone. You know, that negative, that negative thought process. And I, I remember listening to that and I'm just like, yeah, I've been there before. And, you know, sometimes you wonder like, yo, why am I, why am I trying to be good in this situation? Like it's clearly easier to just go about the wrong ways and that internal struggle. So that lyric sticks out a lot. That's something I've still carried with me years to, you know, years since this album has dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. The um, exercise of my better nature, I've been holding up these bridges. Niggas always take advantage. Olive branches start to splinter, give away, whether we're in turn or coated in the winter. I, um, That's a true, true I, scholar. <laughs> no, so like I, I, I get, so like I said, I I get, I feel like I, Boz is like in my fucking like diary, bro. And I don't even have one, but so I, I feel, think you, you said what? I said I feel it though, like the same thing. Yeah, but like even even deeper than like so when I when I hear olive branches, so I um I hope I'm like not offending nobody that like might listen to this, but I think about like a lot about a lot a lot about my relationships back home, and I'm like I always think about and I I've, I've been to this been about this with certain people, um just about like levels of respect that you feel like you might not be getting from certain people, uh-huh. um. And like you said, like you 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 want to be the bigger person, or you want to like not. If, if 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 the other person's being petty, or if you feel like the other person's not necessarily like being as respectful of you as you would hope they would be given the relationship, you never want to like read too much into it. And so like you you almost give the olive branches out of like just out of like habit. You know what I mean? Like I love you. I would hope you love me back. Like let's try to make this relationship continue going. But you almost realize that it's almost like a double-edged sword because it's like like you said like you give the olive branch and it could it could turn back on you because you teach people how to treat you and so it's like the point at which you don't stand up for yourself or the point at which you don't articulate how you feel then you letting them run over you but then the point at which you like turn your back on them then you were always the fake one you know what i'm saying you were always the one that so it's you can't win you literally cannot win those scenarios and it's like well are you you kind of have to come to peace with that you know yeah uh which is interesting i mean i think a lot of this project is him coming to peace with some of those kind of things that it's just like, Hey, which now I'm almost, I'm seeing this for the first time too, is he has all of this talk during the album about his back and forth and living and going through fame and you have methadone and dopamine. And then for the second to last song penthouse being so much about like, yo, these are my people and these are the ones that are loyal. And these are the ones that I want to like go through this journey and, and win with. Um, it's kind of profound when you think about that as far as he, him finishing. I mean, I'm sure sequencing really mattered as a point to put Penthouse 
where he put that and you think about that. So, yeah, I think I go through that. It, you know, it's been so relatable, but at the same time, you're like, you know, I think at some point I, I can remember the year when I kind of took that angle as far as going like, you know what? I really don't care what anybody thinks. Like I used to care a lot and I used to have these doubts and like, yeah, it's funny. So many friends, they, um, they hear me just like, I'll be like, F it, like whatever. You keep it moving. And it's not, it's not a level of being so indifferent. It's just a matter of like, Accepting no, it for what it is. Yeah, like you, you, know, you can't change people's perspective. You know what I'm saying? Right, All you can right. do is be the best version of you. And if people if people want to take that and turn it into a negative, that's on them. That's not a you problem. Exactly. There are no testing kits. There are no, you know, unbreakable olive branches you have. You just these are just life struggles you're gonna have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um any other lyrics you want to to spotlight? No. There's mm-hmm. another shameless plug of go listen to Penthouse. Yeah, no, listen, no please don't listen to Penthouse. Um, Penthouse. And you have all of the lyrics that you would really want to, that you really want to hear. Um, again, some other p- part that sticks out, it was like niggas yelling 100, they ain't even half real. That one always, I, I'm, I go back to that one a lot for all the same reasons we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Especially, like I said, you know, you're seeing people and in, in seeing like, the glitz and glam of people who are just like it's it's the same kind of thing of you know the loudest person in the room quite possibly being the weakest thing <laughs> like yeah you know you look at that and you hear all of that and uh yeah which you know i think it's it's kind of funny because i feel like boss is one of the few new york rappers that i really like and listen to and because the reason, like, I think a lot of New York rappers I hear are usually those ones who are just like, I'm real, look at me. Like, they have this boisterous attitude about being New York and being real. Right, right. So many people. So it's cool to have him have his humble way of, like, yeah. You know, no, he is the most chill New York rapper I think I've ever seen in my life. the most chill, yeah. I would say so. Like, um, ever. <laughs> um, What else? I, I definitely want to shout out the, he got a line on Live For. My behaviors are becoming. My neighbors look at me funny, like I should move out, nigga. You get a new house. So the Barack Obama special, um, right? Corollary on Milky Way. I, I love that part. I didn't even realize he had talked about that until um, until then. And he told that story actually at the uh, at the Milky Way. That was another thing he had addressed. And um, he was talking about how when they got a house and once they really, you know, had a come up. And I forget the area. I mean some rich white neighborhood and he said they were just you know doing what young people do enjoying enjoying the time having parties whatever and like he said at some point he crossed his neighbor and she was just like you know i really wish y'all didn't live here like it was something just so direct it wasn't even sh- like shady you're right just, just straight up like you're not welcome you here. You here. <laughs> and that's how he he came across that whole thing so yeah, that was uh, that's real. It, it was super believable. I could imagine, you know. I mean, the way he started about Barack Obama special, I had to boo because my neighbor so racist. He said that with passion, <laughs> right? Like she just brought it back to some old nineteen fifties. Like, nah, we don't want your kind here in the neighborhood. Right. So, hey, he was making money just like you. 
But spare me the front and the fake. You ain't pushing in the pot. Fuck is you touching the plate. I love that line. I've lived for. Um, clouds never get old. I can keep going. I love the. Uh, I ain't felt love in a long time, and I told you that when I woke up. I guess that might have been the wrong time. I was like, dog, that song is so witty to me, bro. This shit is so witty to me. Um, that whole yeah, that song too. My best, my best pickup line is "Young nigga." With yeah, money. my best pickup line. I ain't playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. What else? I'm never. Uh, he said on matches, I'm next up. Never mind when we get snubbed. They get Michael Jordan here. I might have mixed up. I love that line. Yeah. Um. Yeah, did the deep vibes. I'm uh. No, I, yeah, I, I was just, I was just writing shit down as I was listening to the album. Um. No. Nah, uh, I was doing the same thing too, and then I just, like I said, got to Penthouse and just was like, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I got. No, that's why I ain't gonna touch Penthouse, bro. It's the whole song. Um. Cole got this line on night job. If these bullets was he seeking, they wouldn't even reach you, niggas. I love that part. Yeah, that part too. Um, and then black on business, which we haven't touched yet. I want to talk about black on business on this song. Uh, I want to make sure I'm getting it right because we're talking Cole verses too. That part, I mean, his whole his whole verse was there. Um, was amazing. Oh, Boss like, sent shots at Dame Dash too. I want to shout that out. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. What you say? Boss sent shots at Dame Dash on night job. Really? Uh, got old niggas trying to bite because they yeah, can't yeah, capture yeah. the feeling. Yeah, uh, I guess Dame Dash. So, um, I didn't know the history behind that, but right, no, that was clear as day, right? Yeah, but I guess Dame stole like Boz dropped. Boz has his own Fiends uh, merchandise, and I uh-huh. guess I don't know if it was um, trademarked or copyrighted or whatever, but Dame started selling Fiends merchandise also around really? like, 2015, 2016-ish. Yeah, so <laughs> I did not know that because um, honestly. I see. Yeah, I've seen all of the the boss fiend stuff. You know, would love a would love a hoodie or something like that. I'd rock proudly for this interview. But uh, um, yeah, no, I would. I think it was. I've never known or noticed that part uh, during this song. Now he's like too high to ride. That's my best excuse for being lazy. Being an artist, that's the best excuse, excuse for being crazy. crazy yeah. I love that one too because. Um, well, I don't really. I have an artistic. Uh, thought process in a lot of things but i appreciate artists so much and i think like they can be as wild as they want and i think just how he in this album how he was saying it was drug influence and stuff i have this wild opinion that i feel like certain artists shouldn't really like i don't know drugs or drugs should be legal for them i know <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous to think about but i'm like you know what I feel like whatever everything they, in moderation, of course. But. Yeah, in moderation, of course, you know. But when I look and I just hear about all this stuff, like even history, just them making great art, and I'm just like, hey, you know what? If that's what works for you and you make cool things, I love it. So, like, usually you're gonna have like the some artists be some of the best artists are the ones that you talk like that you hear are like a little different, like they think different and do stuff a little crazy. So I love that part, you know, because that's. I wholeheartedly believe that. No, I'm with it. Um, like we said, in moderation, obviously, guys, but you know. Yeah, 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 of course. No, this is not like, you know. Go out and OD and. Um, yeah. We could just input a, a PSA over this part, right? Right. <laughs> Be careful, everybody. Um, oh, real quick, Penthouse notes, too. So, because that instrument, I, I want to give a shout out to every single instrumental on this album. I feel like. Again, these are not traditional rap instrumentals. Shout right. out to the, the Dreamville crew and OG Hands and everybody yeah, else. Shout who, out to Cam Ovi. I yeah, shout out to Cam Ovi. Didn't mention him as well, but I've loved so much of his music. And I know it took a while 
it took me seeing some like these clips of documentaries on HBO leading up to J. Cole's Forest Hill Drive Live. And I remember they had a little segment with Cam Obi and he just did some beat for a song that never got released. But I started Googling him and found out that he had produced some of like my favorite songs and he was one of my favorite producers and I didn't even know. So yeah, I definitely have to shout him out for this project because yeah, I mean, he did the damn thing on this one. Yeah. Um, no, so Penthouse samples this song called Can't See Love Lately by this group, Penthouse, Penthouse. Shout out to Mel. You know Melvin, right? You know Mel. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I would go, shout out to Melvin, Melvin, Mel Washington, friend of the project. I would go over Mel's house when he was in D.C. pretty much every weekend. And we would just like sit around his crib and he would turn on SoundCloud. We would just vibe out. And I would just be Shazamming the whole time. Like, yo, what is this? 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 So this one time this Penthouse Penthouse song comes on called Let Me See That. It's like a thong song flip, bro. One of the smoothest shits I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So like when I found out they uh, they did this song too, I was like, oh, these things just don't miss. I need to find more Penthouse Penthouse songs. More of the Hmm. I'm taking note now. I Also, the name of the group is Penthouse Penthouse, and the name of the song is called Penthouse. So This. All right. That checks out. More research, man. Half ass in their research. Um, but now, Boz said he gave a complex interview when Too Hot to Riot dropped. He said about Penthouse um, Penthouse is a lot about not wanting to go back, seeing yourself in a free fall motion, and knowing that you have a certain amount of time to catch yourself before you hit the ground. It's knowing that I might be living in a way where I really have to snap out of it or at least become aware of these things within myself before it consumes me. You don't want to become that guy that becomes so consumed with your dreams and goals that you compromise things like family and loved ones. I've lost family members since. I've lost friends to bullshit, insecurities, misconceptions of where I am in life and things I could be doing for people. They remind me that you have a dream, that you want to be this respected artist and have a catalog and a long career, but you can't compromise everything about yourself personally. This, We are the same fucking person, bro. Yeah, that's deep. We are literally the same person. I really, I've, always, I've always felt like um, there's just been this perception of like, and, and I, I'm, I, I've also had to reckon like with my own role in it because I, I know that I am... A little bit of I'm aloof, I'm a loner. I know that I can like give off this air that like I don't need people or like, I don't need the help. And so I'm sure that like grieves the people of like, oh Larry must be doing fine if he don't need our help. And it's like there's also this feeling of like I, I feel like I got that way based off of like how I got treated is it's all childhood traumas coming to surface, right? Where it's like wow. as a kid, if you got kind of treated like a nerd or a dork and people kind of didn't need your presence, you kind of get used to it. And yeah. then so on the reverse, so on the back end, it's like, wow, someone said don't fuck with us. And it's like I'm just, you know what I'm saying, behaving how I always got treated. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this isn't yeah, out of right. any sort of, this isn't a new behavior for me. Um, right. And I think that happens to a lot of people where it's like, you kind of become your own person based off of how you get treated by others. And then the point at which you become your own person, it's like, wow, this person really is antisocial. And it's like, you don't just become antisocial, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, it happens. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all of the same sort of, sort, right. sort, sort of and you're, loop. And you're so. really having to, Focus on yourself and everybody always says, you know, take care of yourself and your dreams and all of that. But just finding that balance of um, still needing the people around, like I said, regardless of whether you show it or not, you know, how you say you don't, you don't always have to outwardly show it. I know, you know, looking at myself, I definitely don't. There's so many people, family and friends that consider me the worst texter ever as far as getting back to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know, just, just being there all the time. And it's kind of just like, 
yeah, you know, a lot of times I'm focused on me and trying to get what I need to done, get done. But, and it may seem trivial if I tell that to you that I'm like, no, I know I have to get this done. I have to do that. I don't need to be on my phone until I get whatever kind of done any whatever kind of thing done. And yeah, it'll come back. I mean, like you have to really, you have to have empathy and really think about the family and friends that you, that you aren't talking to yeah. and make sure that they know, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta call home an extra time and go, you know, Hey, I, I really don't even have anything to talk about. Right. Right, right. I just want to let you know, like, that's, that's what, that's what gives you the comfort of knowing that I'm still here with you, that you're on this ride with me too, as opposed to just kind of, yeah, I'm working on me. I'm doing this and going there. So yeah, that I definitely like, you know, you know that everybody. Not, yeah. Then now the excuse I always made was that, um, I didn't ever, I don't want to call home with bad news. I don't want to come home, call home with no news. I want to call home with like positive news. I always felt like, and again, this is like, this is rooted in in old shit, but it's like anytime I didn't have any good news or like bad news, it was like negative. So anytime I call home now, it's like, I always want to call home like with some uplifting. And if yeah. I don't have that, I'm like, I feel like a failure. And my, and my parents always tell me that they're like, we don't care how you're doing. We just want to know that you're doing like, Man. you know what I'm saying? Like, we just want to talk to you. I'm like, but I don't want y'all to worry. And it's like, we yeah, don't worry I'm, anyway. We are <laughs> The more and more you learn about it. Cause it's just like, yeah, sometimes I'm, you know, or sometimes if I haven't done what I know they're going to ask about and they're like, Hey, how's this going? How's whatever. And you're just like, ah, I don't want to give you bad news. Right. Bad news sometimes being like, I haven't done it or got to it, but they just want to hear from you, man. They just yeah. want to know. It's like, okay, I'm going to ask this stuff regardless. I'm not going to stop calling you because of that. Like you just, you know? Yeah. So it, a lot of it is just also, yeah, really making, making sure the people that that help get you to the point that you are you know let them let you let them know that you know they're still with you right and the discernment piece too is like you 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 might have like you might build these new relationships with people who you do talk to every day friends girlfriends boyfriends like you know just all these other sort of relationships but it's like are you still staying rooted with the people who literally were there from the very beginning you know what i mean yeah um so, yeah, uh, we can, we kind of in the stretch stretch run of the questions now. Popularity of the album, um, right? Was it popular amongst your friend group or sort <laughs> so of the was, people you were around? I thought about that. It was definitely it was definitely popular amongst my friend group, um, at least my immediate friends. You know, uh, being that one one I put onto Boss, the other one being the one that put me onto him. So, yeah, we had a lot of talk about the album and, you know, Milky Way and everything else that he was doing and different singles dropping and all that. So the album was great, um, especially the content that it talks about. And I feel just how you said, you know, you feel like the same person with him. I've always thought, I'm like, yo, if we ever met, I would be surprised if he wasn't the kind of person who I thought he was. And like, we weren't friends the way, mm -hmm. he, the way he talks and the way, you know, he, he's kind of had this same journey. So obviously a lot of my friends have had the same kind of feelings and we listen to it and we're definitely, as I talked to one of them about this interview and what was coming up and he was just like, yeah, like I still listen to that album, you know, maybe a couple times a month. Like he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm always keeping that one in rotation. 
it was pretty it was like highly acclaimed and honestly uh i don't think i ever played it for somebody who was like i don't like this because if they're around i'm one of those friends that because because when somebody tells me to like yo listen to like sit down listen to this album i'm always just like hmm i I don't (laughs) want i just i have like this rebellious nature like you're already starting at a negative one because somebody forced somebody said somebody recommended it yeah you know so it's like i kind of but i I will be hey if we're listening if we're rolling in my car you know i got the aux cord like i'm probably gonna play what i like and just like get you to listen to it and that's one of the i know this album for sure was like playing when people came to like kick it with me came over to the crib got in the car and they're like okay, this is good. And you just kind of subtly put a bar, like you subtly try to put them on. But in reality, I was like, yeah, this is one of my favorite albums. Like listen to this and appreciate it. So I never really knew if it was critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. I just know that my circle liked it. And I think it was the movie, it was The Hate You Give. I remember seeing that like maybe last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were just going over this guy's room and he had, the Too Hot a Riot poster in there. Mm. I was just like, huh? Like I didn't know, you know, it was it was big enough that somebody would put that there. So I was like, okay, like, huh? Because people like no do no good music when it comes to that. That was the first time I had ever seen something outside of my circle or outside of just friends talking about rap. Yeah. About I mean, you you kind of just gotta assume these people have national fan bases based off of. Like just being signed to the people they signed to, I guess. I know. I mean, it's a, so specifically with Tribe. I remember when I was dropping Tribe a lot on my IG stories, and folks loved that song. So folks were like, "Oh my god, this song's so good!" And I'm like, "Oh, y'all know who buys it? It's great." Um, That's what I think. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I feel like, and I could be wrong. I'm I'm sure if I am, William Miranda will quickly correct me. But I feel like I was my I was the first buys friend in my friend group. I'm still one of the few Boz friends in my friend group. My friends don't really listen to Boz like that. Uh, not to say that, and I, I'm not really the type of person to like force music onto my friends. I've had my own music taste impugned by people before, and I'm like, it's kind of tacky to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would never tell you your music taste is bad. I would just not listen to music. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to tell me oh, you don't like what I listen to. Um, neither here nor there. I'll just, um, I got to subtly, I got to do some inception on you and get you to listen to it and become the fan of the song. I personally don't care. Like, that's that's why I think I'm a bad critic, bro, because I'm not here to, like, sway people's opinions either way. I'm telling you what I like. Yeah. And if you happen to like it too, great. But I'm not here to be like, you stupid for not liking what I like. Like, I don't care. Um, I, try, I try to be objective with that. I try to be just objective in most any forms of art. But at least one, one thing to mind, when I remember asking somebody if they listen to Boss, just random friend of mine and he was like nah i can't really get get with him he's like he's like a j cole light and i was like what, what? <laughs> i was just like no your opinion like tell me why like what you no, yeah, I, yeah I, need, I need a while for that like i, I need like bullet points i need a five paragraph essay you know what i'm saying I feel like i saw red i don't even remember what his logic was other than like he just couldn't get with it but i'm like no why how in the world does he sound like j cole light to you like no they have nothing like similar because why would j cole do that like why would he get someone he's like hey this guy sounds 
basically like me. Let me sign him to my label. Well, I mean, I thought Kanye was doing that with good. I thought Kanye would have signed like a whole bunch of Kanye facsimiles. That's why I didn't like Big Sean at first. I was like, he's supposed to be Kanye Jr. I'm straight. But come to find out, everybody else was writing Kanye's bars. Neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. The, the Bosby and the J. Cole light thing, that's new to me. I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, um, I never, uh, yeah, so so I, I, I remember that one so specifically, so I can't say I don't try to sway and I value everybody's opinion because when you have trash-ass opinions like that, I'm going to argue it. <laughs> I, I can't not. I can't not argue it. I mean, I guess I do like my music evangelism through... So like the, like the concert we went to in Baltimore, I feel like, who was in my car? It was me. I know it was me and Deb and Martha. It was the fourth person. I forget who the fourth person yeah, was. Uh, G. Yeah, G was in the whip. Okay. So I feel like G listened to Boz. I don't know if Martha or Deb did, but the tickets was like $15. So I just encouraged them to come. And yeah, they came and they liked it. So I, I guess where I do my evangelism, where it's like, hey, if you want to come to this show or like if you want to hear this album, I have it, but I'm not about to be like, oh, you got to listen to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, G, and I didn't even know, like, we just knew of each other. Like, we weren't really friends, like, close friends at that point either. But like that's one reason we became friends because I'm like, oh, like you listen to Boz like that. So any updates on albums or whatever. Matter of fact, he was the one that sent me uh like the wrist music video that dropped, which is amazing, by the way. I just watched it for the first time last night. And yeah, really dope. Uh really dope visuals coming there. But yeah, so like that's how we like started talking more as friends. It's like, oh yeah, like I didn't know you listened to him like that. So it's a weird like it's a weird fan base, I guess, and that I don't really know outside of some of my immediate friends how much they listen to him, how much the album, like your your stats in the beginning as far as when I read some of the background on how the album charted, I didn't know anything about it, nor did I care because right. again, it was, a, it was an album that I didn't feel like had radio hits. So if an album without radio hits and it's like your sophomore album i wouldn't expect it to be like on a vanity label no less it's not like he's signed directly to interscope you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. he signed to dreamville so i would be amazed I, I was surprised you know to see what i saw about it but at that point i was like mm, it's good music so that's all i really cared about but i mean even to, but to that point and i mean we talked to it and around it earlier i'm, I'm kind of stepping on the last question about growth on future projects but i am um I, I am kind of interested to see where Boz is in 2025. You know what I mean? I feel like all things considered, Dreamville is positioned to actually put Ari and Boz and Kaz like on like on a very mainstream level. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not saying that like Boz will be the biggest rapper in the world, but I do think he's well positioned now to like. Revenge of the Dreamers three went crazy. You know what I'm saying? I felt like on a mainstream level, it sold a lot of records. Um, and I think Boz has a name recognition now, has a cachet now that he probably didn't have even yeah, 18 I months thought, ago. I thought the same thing that, um, not just him, but I mean, so many people on that album. I mean, that that was like a who's who. I don't know how Buddy didn't walk out of there with a Dreamville concert. He dominated the whole fucking sessions, bro. I, I was like, Buddy, he caught, I, I had listened to maybe his album. And then I caught a tiny desk on like an autoplay of Buddy. And I was like, hold up, this is the music on the album. And we went back to listen to him. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, this dude has a personality, has. 
He got all the charisma, bro. He got all the charisma, bro. He fits. He fits in with the team. Like yeah. he's doing all his best work with Earth Gang, uh, with Boss. That's what I was. I, I was almost like I walked away from that documentary. Like, did he not want a deal? Because I'm sure, like, he walked in with the energy of a nigga who was trying to get signed. So I was like, right. the way he was working, I'm sure Cole approached him. He must have just said, no, I don't know. I'm speculating. I was obviously. thinking the same thing that I was like, well, I wonder how many of these people might turn in, like, it might turn into something with Dreamville. Right. Because Earth Gang wasn't signed to Dreamville when um, they went on that tour. And then, like, oh, I think, like, six oh, weeks later, man. they got signed. So, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this, I, I was listening in Revenge of the Dreamers. As far as like the Costa Rica song, as far as Down Bad, I mean, his verse on Down Bad was one of my favorites of the album, which is, which says a lot because, like I said, that was one of the albums I feel like everybody was just competing against each other. Like, who's going to have, who's going to have the best verses to the detriment of the songs that it like, the songs only got more sense. We're just going to like, who's going to kill it the most? Cole hopped on Down Bad and I just... I, I, I always feel like I always hate overrating. I underrate singles just out of habit, just because they're the single. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Cole's down bad versus a tour de force, bro. Like I, I'll be trying to like, and I also try to rank everybody based off of like their personal standing on the song. So it's like I don't want to rate Cole that much higher than like Jid because Cole and Jid are like on different levels. But it's like you can tell that Cole's the fucking like you said, Cole's the dad, and everybody else is like. The yeah. children and Boz did his thing, and Cole's up here on this one. <laughs> like Cole, I, Cole I, ate this one. Yeah, I'll give you that. While I think that was one of the best verses on the album, the verse after with who was Cole. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Cole came right after. I was like, you couldn't let this nigga breathe. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. So no, I feel like I, I was thinking that, and I'm kind of, I'm anxiously looking at the projects that come out from all of these people after this Revenge of the Dreamers 3, because I feel like that was, like I said, it, it, it's like getting, it's like doing well at Sundance, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, you, you did well on that album, people are gonna be checking. I didn't listen to, I didn't know who Deontay Hitchcock was, but then I heard him on PTSD, and now I'm looking forward to his project. I'm, I found a live, like some live album that he has on Spotify that was good, so. Um, you know, just yeah. looking forward to seeing where where Boss is gonna go with this, whether it's gonna be his next album is gonna be a solo album or whether he's gonna drop this collab album with the hits first. Cause he's he's dropped a couple of tidbits of that and then even on the on the director's cut version, you know, when he had the song with the hicks. That's like so you you know like you know they're working. You've I've seen clips and stuff. So I'm it's it's really I mean, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna be listening for it and checking for it, but it's gonna be really interesting to see how many people are gonna be listening to him more because they're like, "Oh, that's that guy." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a considerable amount, honestly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of talked through the last few questions, just anyways. Yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, as far as it aging well. Of course, in my biased opinion, yeah, like I still listen to it. I still listen to a couple of the tracks on a weekly basis. Um, I think it's going to ace the best out of his catalog. I mean, unless anything else drops. Um, yeah, yeah I, will, so. I will say that. Like, as far as last winter, I, I loved I loved last winter, but I don't think it aged as well as 
too hot a ride. It's at least the content. The music is still great to me, but as far as the content, it's not even. Co- I mean, content, yes, but it's also like just kind of professionalism, bro. Like last winter, it almost sounds, and it's it's professionally done, but oh, you yeah. can hear the the growth from the sort of just hardware, software, and hardware they have on too hot a ride. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds more polished. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah, to that point, yeah. I think the two how to riot age great. I mean, it's the same, some constant issues. If it ages for two different reasons in that it takes me back to 2016 when I listened to it. And I think uh, somebody like just recently asked me what like my best year was. Do I have one? And I didn't think I had one, but I, th- I was thinking about some highlights of 2016 and I'm like, I think I could consider that one of my best years in life and how much of like just coming into my own as far as as who I was and the friends around me coming up as well. And the new like the, the circles that I were that I was forming, it was a great year for me. So I look back at 2016 and when I listen to these, um, you know, highs and lows on this album. I can relate directly to my life during that time. And then also some of those issues still don't go away. Like you're still, you haven't, you never come to a point where, you know what? I fully trust like everyone around me. Like I know like, life's good now. Like there's, you know, you or the dopamine where you're still going to have to deal with struggle and getting over struggle. And with live for, you're still going to have, you're still going to lose people in life. Unfortunately. Um, so yeah, like I think it ages well as far as these issues are still going to be in your life and you still listen to them. And, um, it's interesting, like even black owned business. Let's go make history today. Boy, use your brain, only your heart can lead. You'll figure your way, man, this shit ain't for me to say I cut my love until my heart could bleed I'm on the road, I guess it ain't meant for me to stay But I'm here with you I'm here with you I'm here with you I'm here with you Which, I mean, I thought was a good closing song to the album Uh... I appreciated a little more some of the parts of it when he told me, when he 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 told some interview that he had uh, wrote it after he went to Ferguson with the with Cole and the Dreamville team, and I mean, of course, all those issues are still wildly relevant in you know the the times we live in now. So, and even like I said, the higher parts too, the come up that you know he talks about and just coming up and striving and hustling for it. Like that's always relevant to me. So um, yeah. And and another reason I'm going to continue to listen to this album and aging well is because it's got Hicks features and until it drops some new music, this is what I got. So I'm still, yeah, this album's staying in rotation for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have anything that's aged poorly. I I think all the, all the lyrics, none of the lyrics are like coarse or, terrible yeah. to listen to um in hindsight um 
Yeah, I, I really don't have any sort of critiques of the album, aside from the stuff we talked about already, um, especially stuff that's aged. I think everything is aged really well, and I think it's going to age the best of... Yeah, I, I think even so, in so far as like Milky Way dropping more recently, I think Milky Way is not necessarily aging poorly, but I do think the lack of cohesion that I do find at points of that album make it more difficult to listen to now that I've recognized it too, how the riot is so cohesive. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, I love Milky Way, but I still, if I had like a account since 2018 when Milky Way came out, I've probably listened to Too High to Riot more times than I've listened to Milky Way. Uh, I think that's a testament to how well this album holds up. Yeah, I, I mean, crazy enough, because like I said, I didn't really remember, and I, I need Last Winter on vinyl too, Boz, if you're listening. I asked you on Twitter to make like 20 vinyls of Last Winter, you never responded. But, um, yeah, I found out, not even found out, I bought it, obviously, but I was going through my vinyls the other day, and I have Too How to Ride on vinyl, because I, I was about to put on Milky Way, and I was like, what? <laughs> I found Too How to Ride, I was like, oh, shit, so um, I would also recommend getting that on vinyl. Um, I just recommend getting shit on vinyl anyway, but I do think that um, some these instrumentals, them being not rap instrumentals, I think they do carry, um, and they sound very, very, um, they, they sound their most natural, I think, on a record player, so. I'm very excited to... I've never been one. I'm not sure if I've listened to any modern music on a record player. My dad has one that's been sitting at the house for since I was born. And a crate of records, and I haven't gone through any of them. I've never listened to them on this record player. But that might have to be on the to-do list when I, whenever I can get back home. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to compare it to... So, I mean, same story. My... um. When I moved back to D.C. last time, my stepmom had these this crater records. I felt like, so when I was a real little, little kid, my dad and my stepmom pulled out these records from underneath, um, like this cross space, these cross spaces we had, and most of them were warped. So I don't know if this was the same batch or a different batch, but yeah, one night I just went through and like played all of them, see which ones were warped and which ones weren't. And I got shit, bro. I got pretty much every Luther album, I found the Bill Withers album with um, Use Me and, and Lean On Me on there. I found, I just got shit, dog. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, Dang, um, yeah, I got to go back and, and, and check this stuff because, yeah, I think um, I'm also one who gets so caught up into, into my music. Like, I'll listen to certain things my dad will play. Like, over time, I've, I've I think every kid went through that phase when you're listening to rap around your parents and they're like, Oh, this is a sample from something else. And you didn't know. So, you know, my dad put me on to, um, a lot of different music. And even then I've kind of gone through his albums and, and found a couple of things, some CDs, but that, that, uh, that record crate. Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to find some samples, all kinds of stuff that I didn't even know on that. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I am a child of of the boy bands of the 60s and 70s, so that's all my dad listened to was Temptations, Delphonics, Stylistics. Um, if you want to know the Motown sound, holla at your boy. Uh, all right, final couple questions. Um, time capsule, could this album still be made in 2020? Is it still relevant? I think we both agree that it still could be made in 2020. Um I, I guess, I guess like the hard part for me, and I, I've been thinking about modifying this question also, is that like, what does that really mean? Cause, because, the, because the artists made this album at this point in their life, 
are they even still at, the, at that point in their life to try to make it again? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of – it's hard mm-hmm. to parse whether or not it's even something that they could do in, at this point in their life, so. Yeah. And it's just – I think as far as if you were saying it was still relevant, if somebody – if somebody had never heard of Boss and mm-hmm. they wanted to do projects, I'm probably going to this project as far as – and, and I, who knows what he's coming out with since then. But I mean, he's come out with with some heat with Milky Way and the Spilt Milk and Revenge of the Dreamers too, and so many different excellent projects. But I think if you're just like, hmm, I've never heard of this guy, I'm going to. It's not even I'm going to because I have done this before. Like I'm going to this album and telling you to revisit this because I just think that's, uh, you know, great. And while like I said, Last Winter's good, the the mixtapes, the Quarter Order tapes there's some gems in there but it's not something i'm like oh you have to go back and listen to him from the start i mean now, he put the gems technically on the album like, i mean if you just want to hear lit like lit is on yeah, the album, yeah, yeah. so you don't have to go back to quarter water technically yeah yeah I'm, and i'm sure you know proper guidance told him that like hey <laughs> this needs to be on the album right. but yeah i can't i can't really say i would you know really advise somebody to go back to like oh listen to all the way from here um, i would start with this album that's like this is the time capsule one that needs to happen yeah oh i mean we're through the questions we answered all of them uh so <laughs> final thoughts anything you want to no um yeah uh nah you know i i, I thought i would i wish i had something bald and boisterous and pleading my case is like the last words of this but we cover this even more than i thought um yeah i've been looking at the timestamp like day we uh we went in depth in depth so (laughs) we you know i'm i'm sitting here learning some things about this as well and uh yeah it's something i'm 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 gonna go back and listen to this again afterwards and, and have you know some new takes on some things and you know i can only hope that like i can't force anyone to listen to anything but I would like to hope that somebody could listen to this and definitely want to check out some of this thing. At the very least, if you can't, if you don't relate to any of the lyrics or any of the themes we talked about, it's just going to be good music. You're going to listen to this and like vibe to it. Um, No, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, I mean, if if nothing else, we talked for two hours about buys. So that should be all all the selling you need. To, to go revisit this album. Done that and all the tweets that that I've talked about his music and retweets and all of this other stuff. Just go listen to it. Um, I'm gonna have to tweet this. Hopefully, he can listen to it. Like, right? Hope, I mean, I would love for these these uh, these podcasts to get to the artist directly. That's kind of not the goal, but it would definitely be cool if I got feedback from the artist directly. So, yeah, that would um, be so dope. Um, yeah, yeah it'd be so yeah. dope. It was cool. No, I'm like, again, thanks for having, I remember the day that we talked about this and I was like thinking about it and it was like a, some like CBC event. I was like, yo, you, you still getting guests for this? I want to do too high to ride. And you were like, ah, like I know someone else who had, had mentioned they went, I was like, no, no, no. Like, it's me. <laughs> no, no, Will still going to want to scrap me after he see that I did I, this. I know. And you know what? I, I respect it. We could discuss it. But man, I knew I was like, yo, I have to, I have to do this album. This was like 
one that just meant so much that was that was good to do so and honestly well, if anybody's for letting me get this one. oh no 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 i mean honestly like if anybody feels that compelled about an album i wouldn't mind revisiting it again you know what i'm saying like i'm not gonna have the same conversation about the album with two people you know so yeah. Ultimately, if anybody, if somebody were to see Good Kid and be like, I really, really love Good Kid, Mad City, if you feel that compelled about it, I probably want to talk to you about it, you know? Yeah, right, right. So. They might have some thoughts, but no, nah, like, shout out to you. Uh, kudos to this, getting the opportunity to talk about this one, because, yeah. Uh, no, much, pre much appreciation, bro. It's great to be part of it, man. Much appreciation. Um, anything you want to plug on the way out? No. Um... Maybe Instagram J at J Smith underscore J M J S M I F F underscore underscore follow the homie. Um, follow that. Well, hopefully we get some, some of these quarantine projects that we've been drafting, drafting, fleshing out, get some of these things up here. You know, it's been a, a cool time to, for everybody to become the artist in their head that they want to be, whether it be with, a podcast or cooking or sharing your specialties. So it's been, um, it's been a cool opportunity. I've uh, been really, really diving into some things. So hopefully I have more to share. Amen. Shout out to B great DC. Shout out to the squad. I, I, oh yeah. Yeah. Shout out to B, B great DC, the whole um, team. Yeah. J Justin and I happen to be members of the E board or whatever. So shout out to the gang. Oops. Um, so yeah, we're done here, bro. Appreciate you staying up to one thirty-five in the morning to get this finally get this recorded. Yep, and like I got anywhere else to go after this, man. You know, you know what I'm saying. Got nothing to do tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's Wednesday. Bro. You stuck in the house. You ain't got <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, man. That's how it's been. I, I know we've uh, we've been back and forth on this and like talking about rescheduling. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm here. You know, what are you doing next Tuesday? I'm here. Yeah, I mean, well, we we might as well go ahead and get 2014 on the books too, because I've been looking yeah. for somebody to do 2014 with. So I'm exactly. gonna put your name exactly. down for that one. We're here until further notice. Yeah. So, all right, bro, go ahead and get some rest. I'm gonna go ahead. And all right, this one. appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, no doubt. Thank you one more time to Justin. If you are not hip to Boz or just simply haven't listened to Too High to Ride in a while, uh, please go ahead and give that a spin on today. It'll be well worth your time. And I mean, it's still the middle of the work week. So if you're working from home, if, you, if you're doing freelance stuff and you need some good productivity music, I think Too High to Riot is like Pensive Nature. It, it lends itself to, to productivity. So um, this morning, this afternoon, or this evening, if you're a night owl like your boy, if you just need some good music to work to, Too High to Riot is my recommendation. Um, again, thank you to my 12 friends who eagerly participated in the first season of the Islands of the Decade project. Um, you'll likely be hearing their voices again in the near future, if not on the Albums of the Decade project, definitely on the general What Suits Him radio feed. Um, and again, I don't anticipate running any more Albums of the Decade episodes on the What Suits Him radio feed. Don't anticipate. I'm sure every now and again, one will slip through the cracks that'll, that'll merit uh, being posted on the general feed. But yes, if you enjoy the Albums of the Decade project and want to stay abreast with everything that's going on, um, please like, review, and subscribe Albums of the Decade wherever you stream your podcast. Uh, we're, t we're taking a few months off just to do pre-production for Season 2, but Season 2 is pretty much um, already scheduled. We just have to record a few more interviews, and that'll be ready to go this summer. So, um, 
Also, before we go, we are actively soliciting advertisements for the e-magazine broadly defined but definitely for the podcast network shout out to jeremy hurt and let's talk bro podcast with black masculinity for advertising with us over these last few months um if you've listened to the aries that come in the middle of the episode that's likely who you've heard um but yeah we would love to expand and work with more folks so our press and media kit is now up on the e-magazine's website so if you go to whatsusam.com backslash advertise it has pretty much all our details about the the uh, organization, the subdivisions we have coming out of the organization, everything we have to offer. So we'd love to work with you. We'd love to have you advertise with us, and we'd just love to partner in any way that we can. So if you think it's a good fit, if you would love to work with us, please uh, check out the press kit, the media kit, and email us at info at whatsusim.com if you're interested. Uh, also related, we are in the market for theme music for both the Albums of the Decade podcast and a future project Miss Rhonda Morgan and I are currently drafting. So um, won't even lie, uh, funds are kind of tight. Funds are fund. I mean, we're still a, a, a fairly new operation here. So um, won't, so if financial financial compensation is the thing that you're seeking, I won't even hold you. This might not be the, be the opportunity for you. But um, given everything we have going on at West Houston, um, I'm sure there's a way we can figure out a bartering sort of arrangement. Um, some way to make sure that, that you are made whole. So yeah, if you're interested, again, info at westlucem.com. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. So, yep, we'll be back on tomorrow. Like I said, Albums of the Decade is wrapping up, but Westlucem Radio is still raring to go. Uh, it'll likely be pretty basketball-heavy just based on the Jordan documentary dominating um, a lot of my mental capacity and a lot of my friends' mental capacity over these next 10 weeks anyway. And so basketball will definitely be a heavy component over these next few weeks, but certainly lining up other exciting topics and guests to have on the show. So, yep, that's all in the works. And, yep, we'll be back tomorrow on the What's Radio feed with the good brother, Keenan Terry of Beat the Buzzer podcast. He and I have a good basketball conversation, a good controversial basketball conversation on the way for y'all to listen to. So um, excited about that. And, yeah, uh, thank you for your support, guys. Really do appreciate it. I'm looking forward to keeping albums of the decade going and um, dropping some quality content on What's Sim and What's Sim Radio in the meantime. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. All right, bye. Your favorite movie is on, it's called Attack on Niggas The fathers that didn't pass, they all stacked in prison But that shit don't get a pass, no that shit don't get a grant Might as well go fill a bag, ride around no tinted glass Why I can't have tinted glass? Cause that costs suspicion Cops blast like Cinemax, don't lack ammunition Might as well go get a gap, might as well go give it back Don't know if they'll get it right, but I know that we'll get it last Might as well go spin a rack at a black owned business Had my mind on hoes, now I'm back on business That's real, back to what's important I'ma build with you, cause you here for me And I'm here with you Did you?